Okay, we're here on episode, what is it? Seven? Seven, I think. Episode seven. Yeah, well, we did them so fast with uh, the way the race schedule worked <laughs> out. We're back-to-back weeks here, so it's just me and Mike today in the studio. We got Jim on Skype. Uh, he'll stab in here and there when he wants to. Right now, we're looking at him through the webcam, actually sitting there with his boy, and he's working on one of his scale rigs. So we'll definitely have a little chat with Jim after. Um, basically tonight we're going to have uh, Mark, I believe it's Pavitas. Pavitas? Yeah. Pavitas? I think it's Pavitas. Well, we're going to get him to clarify once yeah, we get him on. Absolutely. Uh, from AKA. So uh, we're going to be doing that. We've and got a uh, ton of questions that were posted on Facebook. Our Facebook. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I put that post up this yeah, morning. Yeah, for sure. I was going to wait. I know a lot of them came from one individual. Yeah. But uh, we'll get through them. And some of them are really good questions. And I think they're going to spark us to... Yeah. Ask other questions as he I, answers. Yeah, I can, you know? I, I'm looking forward to it. Like tire talk, you know, that's big always time. the big thing, right? Is, oh, what kind of tires are you running? What kind of tires are people running here and there and everywhere? So it'll be nice to have somebody yeah. from the industry to, to actually clarify yeah. some questions. Answer some. Maybe Fo- we, a, lot, a lot of companies don't make foams, eh? No. Maybe we can get a deal. <laughs> <laughs> On foams. <laughs> We know the guy. Yeah, for sure. So uh, basically, with that being said, uh, we're going to have Mark on here early uh, as opposed to later in the podcast, uh, just because he's got some stuff that he's got to take care of uh, later. So um, we're going to take a quick break, get him on the phone, come back, talk to him, and then we'll carry on with race race results and everything like we normally do. So uh, we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back from our short little break there. We uh, got a hold of who we needed to. On the line with us is Mark Pavitas. Yes, that's right. I'm, I have been saying it right, uh, fortunately. There's, there's been a great debate. Of course, from uh, AKA. If uh, you don't know what AKA is and you're in the RC world, um, you've been living under a rock, I guess, if you want to put it. You've been missing something, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, there's been the, the tire I've ran on my my stuff since I started racing uh, indoors. So, um, I'm a huge fan to begin with. So, Mark, of course, we want to thank you for having uh, taking some time out of your day to talk to us because obviously we know it's like quarter to four your time, and it's you know quarter to seven our time. So, obviously, a little bit of difference in time. So, thank you first off for talking with us. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. So, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who you are in the RC world. Now, I've been doing my research since, so now I do know who you are. But obviously, for maybe somebody else who is listening who doesn't know who you are, uh, how about you give everybody a little idea of uh, who, what, when, where, and how uh, since you've been around? Um, yeah, I've been around pretty too long, longer than I'd like to mention <laughs> uh, in our industry. Uh, I got started, my dad was into the radio-controlled planes, um, kept crashing those that wasn't fun and you know back then it wasn't just buy another one and go fly so it was buy another one build it for six months and then crash it in in a matter of minutes and then start the whole process over again so the airplanes didn't work out so then i saw some cars and i i was about 12 or 13 and started you know oh those look those look cool from the hobby shop got into that and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, you know, went through the industry, and and here we are. So, 
Nice, nice. So some of the information I've gathered, you've been in RC for 26 some odd years now? Yeah. Um, started, I, th- I think it was back in 84 or so. That's and, the year uh, I was born. It's because we were born in 84. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You can delete that part out from the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it started off as a hobby between my dad and I, and uh, it was really fun to do. We went to the local track. Well, first started out in front of the house, right? Oh, yeah. that's fun. Oh, you build a jump. That's great. Thing breaks. Go to the hobby shop. And then that's when you see the true, the cool stuff at the hobby shop. You know, the Tamiya Super Champs back then, the Rough Riders. Those were all the cars that everyone raced back then. The RC10 wasn't even out yet. So um, that's wow. how far back. Yeah. That, <coughs> that's you, how far you're back giving us I crap go. for saying um, you were born in 84. And here you are dating yourself by saying you've been in it before the RC10. Yeah, so uh, so we started racing, you know, doing a local track locally, which was called Radio Controlled Hobbies, and it was really one of the first uh, organized RC tracks in Southern California. And, um, you know, they had these races. You show up, everyone has their hood popped on their cars, and these chargers that you hook up to the car battery and, and you turn the dial and let it charge until the battery gets warm. Right. Yeah. And take yeah. It off. <laughs> and, um, right about that time is when, uh, team associated, they were going to release this, this whole new car, which was completely different than anything that was out there. Right. So they were local and they would, uh, come out with their prototypes and everyone's like, Oh, we got to have that. Well, you know, it's not just, hey, you go in the hobby shop. You know, I had my name on a waiting list for one of these cars back when it first came out. And it, it took like six months before I finally got one. And, you know, you get that and you start racing and and uh, kind of the rest was history as far as racing goes. Just race locally. Um, there was a few tracks back then locally and, uh, you know, evolved into something a little bit more than a hobby <laughs> started working for uh, a local hobby shop um and then that turned into working at the local track to help pay for my track time and race race nights and um my parents would just drop me off i'd stay there the whole weekend i think they just picked me up at night and um started working for uh Mike Reedy at Team Associated when I was in high school, part-time. Get done with school and, and run over there and work till 5, 5.30. And, and uh, that became in, turned into a full-time uh, position at Team Associated and worked there for 10, 10 and a half, almost 11 years. Wow. And um, started with uh, the electric motors, helping them out with the Reedy stuff. And then that turned into product development with car kits and working alongside with Cliff Lett, who was the main designer um, at the time. Now he's the, the president of Associated. And uh, from Associated, moved on to ProLine. About that time, we were starting a family, and houses in Orange County were extremely expensive. And my wife's family was all about an hour away from where Associated was, so it kind of made sense. Hey, let's uh, let's look into moving out there. Everything's a lot cheaper. So right. worked at 
uh, pro line for almost nine years, I think. And um, things were kind of going so-so for me there, looking for just a few different personal things. Um, but ended up leaving there and went to go work with Kyosho and uh, here in, in Orange County, Kyosho America. And Gil Losey was working there at the time. And we were going to look into doing our own car and stuff like that for Kyosho, kind of a U.S. branded development. Yeah. And uh, that kind of fell through on Kyosho's side. And then at that time, we were looking for something, another brand that we could kind of bring to the market. And that's kind of how AKA evolved uh, into where we're at today. So um, Kyosho was looking for another brand. And, you know, what better way to kind of bring Gil's collaboration and mine from the tire industry to kind of bring something different? And uh, so that's what we did. We brought something different to the table for the tire industry. And um, we worked there for about a year. And then uh, we were actually kind of let go from Kyosho. Kyosho decided, hey, this tire brand isn't something that we want to keep continuing to pursue. Right. But at the same time, it was also picking up a lot of steam. Uh, we had molds in development. Uh, everything was ready to get, just about to get released. So we couldn't just can it. And then um, that's when Joel Johnson and Gil Losey Sr. Uh, purchased AKA away from Kyosho. So with that being said, now we're our own company. Right. We're not tied into the anyone else. Um, working here out here in Marietta, California and just really passionate about what we do for the industry and uh yeah really excited that uh we can do something every day that we love well i, I think it shows with the tires like i said I, i've pretty much ran aka tires from the beginning uh, word go that i started racing and i've raced you know gridirons i've had typos i've had handlebars you know, I've I've tried a few different ones. I got a set of vectors actually sitting there for my four wheel drive buggy that I I I want to use, but I don't want to use because I don't want to make them bald. But hey. <laughs> so, but uh, wow, you know, like w when you read this guy's bio online, okay, and and you read about some of the stuff he's done to actually hear him tell you what it is, it's it's like man, like to him that's just been his life, his career. But to us, it's like, well, this is the guy that made things happen. Like, he's the reason why we have this, that, and the other thing, you know? So it's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, Mark, I, I got a question for you here. Sure. So what exactly is your role with AK? Can you explain that to us? Yeah, so um, my role here at AK uh, is product development. That's uh, kind of my key. And that's anything from... So, okay, we decide we're going to make a new tire. All right, well, what's this tire look like? So I'm the one that draws it up on the 3D uh, software on the computer, and we take a look at it, you know, and everyone asks, well, how do you know what works? Well, from, from racing, you know, and trying all different types of stuff, you kind of have an idea, okay, well, this pattern we'll kind of do this. Well, this tread height, we'll do this. This carcass thickness does this. All these things kind of add up to what works and what works for each condition. And 
you know, sometimes you're going to get stuff that's a home run and sometimes you're going to get stuff that is, you know, so, 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 um, you kind of take, uh, each project and kind of analyze it, have different people take a look at it, see their thoughts. And, uh, it's really a collaboration of, of everyone's thoughts that go into these new tires. So from the drawing of it, I take care of that. All the tooling drawing, I take care of that. Uh, dealing with our vendors um, that are all related to manufacturing. Um, I take care of that and, uh, you know, finding finding new vendors, take care of that. Um, and also dealing with our team, uh, which is a really critical role in the product development process because their feedback is really important to the products that we sell to our customers. So. Well, yeah, I guess it would kind of make sense. You, you yeah. draw something up, you give it to the team and say, hey, let me know how well these work. And if they kind of turn to you and say, uh, yeah, I don't think we want to go that route. At least you, you haven't made a couple thousand of them and go, hmm, well, <laughs> whose, one was, whose was this idea? <laughs> right, right. So, But that's why, you know, we're a team in this. It's not just on one, one person's shoulders. Um, I mean, ultimately, yeah, if we make it, yeah, I'm the one that made it, but... We try not to make flops because flops don't sell, but uh, that's why we really rely on um, our team guys. You know, I'll do the drawing. Maybe we make a 3D printed part just to kind of get a feel for what it looks like because it's going to look a little bit different in person than it is on the computer screen. Right. Um, and then we, you know, we'll email stuff back and forth. You know, we'll email pictures back and forth. Hey, what do you think of this? Or we tried this at this race. What, you know, is that a way to go? Or, you know, and oftentimes, you know, stuff doesn't work, so you don't go that direction. So, so do you have like a engineering background? Like, did you like university, college? No, it it uh, it was really just kind of trial and error, I guess. I mean, it's always something I really enjoyed the background you know when i go somewhere and you see how something's made like that just intrigues me and it could be anything it, you know it doesn't even have to be rc related so oh, absolutely but when i worked at associated um i got into a little bit of that and then i took a couple years at a community college for back then drafting you know on the big giant paper and the desk and you know uh computer stuff was just starting to take off so um and then at proline my role there tim clark was a huge uh inspiration in my engineering background you know helping me after work hours um just kind of getting up to speed on the computer uh end of things and uh so yeah that's awesome. That's uh, yeah. I I can really relate to that because that's kind of how I got into the. I'm a computer technician, and I never really went to did school in that. It's been in the family for a long time, so it was all just passed on from my dad. You know, so it I can definitely relate to that, and it's, it's awesome to hear that schooling sometimes just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you 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 know I have so many people ask, oh, how many years experience, and you know I'm a firm believer of like people that are kind of out there getting that experience you know like hands-on stuff they stuff they teach you in school like okay that's great but you know working with your vendors and and understanding the manufacturing process like those are things that they don't really teach you mm -hmm. in school you know you just got to learn from trial you know from from the process so 
um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, and here I am. Awesome, awesome, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm reveling in it. I'm listening because, <laughs> like I said, I'm just, I'm a huge AK fan to begin with. So, um, we actually had somebody ask a question on Facebook because I posted earlier today that we were having you on, and it, funny enough, it is a question that I even wanted to know the answer to. So they basically asked, like, when would you run an open cell phone over, like, say, a closed cell phone? Like, in what conditions would you modify a closed cell phone by putting holes in it or, or any kind of thing like that? Yeah, well, the closed cell phone was a uh, something revolutionary that AK brought to the tire industry. You know, until when before our company, before AK, it was all just open cell foam. You run it, breaks down, or it was a molded type foam that is very fragile and could break during the run. So... We wanted to look into something a little bit different. That led us to these closed cell inserts that are now used by all the top manufacturers. And uh, the only thing is with these closed cell inserts is that it requires you to tune your car a little bit differently than you sit than say uh, open cell foam. So, <clears throat> but now with all these tire sauces and everything else that we're putting on these tires these closed cell foams tend to break down and, and, you know, over multiple runs, you know, not just over a run or two. So, right. Um, so on these up. tracks oh. that may require a little bit softer insert, some people are popping holes in these opens or uh, closed cell inserts to make them a little bit softer. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. See, I never, never realized that was the purpose in doing anything like that. And you know, it's funny, that you mentioned, you know, tire sauce makes the foam break down. See, I'm the kind of person that I just put new foams and new tires. I, I don't reuse foams I never have. I don't know right. if that's me just being crazy, but I just haven't. Cause, and, and you can ask Mike. I normally throw out tires when they're about <laughs> ready to uh, have an explosion because I've worn the foam. Them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's running on the foam. <laughs> hey, my, hey, I got those AKA handlebars in, in the, the clay compound for indoor carpet that we were running on. And... I put some sauce on those things. There's nothing left on them for you to distinguish their handlebars other than it says <laughs> handlebar on the side. But, man, they get ridiculous grip. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, you brought up the one of the questions. The topic is the, the tire saucing. Um, that's kind of a two-part. Like, what's your opinion on that and, and kind of where it's taking things? And then the second part of that would be, why doesn't AKA make their own brand of tire sauce? Uh, well, the first part is, yeah, I mean, the tires, I'm not a fan of it, um, of the whole tire saucing thing. I think, for example, last, was it two weekends ago, we were in Ohio for a big electric race, you know, everyone, I don't care what brand of tires you're using, everyone's using some type of additive to put on the tires to help break them down, um, and make them softer for the conditions that they're racing on. The problem is now everyone's stuck in this chemically infested room. <laughs> um, everyone got sick from the event, including myself, you know, like a respiratory thing. And is it caused from the dust? Is it caused from all these things that you're breathing? I mean, it, it can't be healthy putting on all this stuff. But at the end of the day, racing's racing. And if you want to be fast, you're going to do whatever it takes to go fast, you know. Well, that's the downside. Uh, but I, I think 
maybe some people that are listening to our podcast don't realize that a lot of tire saucing compounds actually come in a spray bottle. See, we use SXT up here, which is in a bottle with an applicator, so we actually don't physically spray it. Yeah, the the stuff that everyone seems to be using here, low, you know, it comes in a spray bottle, but they'll put it on with a toothbrush or something like that. But, you know, you have all these different smells in the building depending on where you go by the pit area. Yeah. You know, who's who's using what. And uh, But I'm not a fan of it. How do you control it? You know, that's, that's the big question. Um, but why AK doesn't really make anything is I just – we just don't want to be involved in something, you know, that – potentially down the road is flammable or you know could cause health problems or you know we don't want any part of that so we'll leave it up to the to the other guys to figure out what breaks down the rubber and and what works like that so and and do you guys make a foam tire or ever thought about it um we have not made a foam tire i know joel joel's background here is on road racing and uh you know he's won multiple world championships on on road and um, he's always wanted to do something for the on-road. But right now, that's just not something that we're doing. We're sticking with the rubber. What, what's your opinion on, on, on the phones on off-road trucks? Um, you, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, there's been some events that I've been to. Uh, in the early 90s, we went to Japan for, uh, for a big race over there. And the tires that worked on that particular track were foam off-road tires and they were phenomenal Uh, the conditions have to be just right Um, the window say for a rubber tire is a little bit wider you know more broad where for a foam tire um, the the window for what it works back then was a little more narrow so now with all the different types of foams and what everyone has learned since then Maybe the window's a little bigger, so um, who knows? Maybe in the future you may see something. Yeah, me and Matt had our first experience running foams this weekend. Yeah. It just went by. And, I mean, it's it's definitely a totally different game. You throw those foams on, and it's just... Hey, I, I TQ'd in 4x4 buggy against yeah. uh, one of the people that we consider one of the fastest racers in the area that we race with that's not a professional and right. even when the announcer, like the race director, announced that I that I TQ'd after the second heat, I even went, um, you better check that timing system. There's no way that I went that fast. Now, awesome. again, you were you were talking about the, the conditions, and that was something else that we wanted to ask. Does, you know, like, so, for example, where we are right now, there's 14 feet of snow outside, so we can't run outside. Yeah. So we're inside in a gym, on carpet, um, you know, and this our last race that we had two weeks ago, it was like, man, we were wearing our winter jackets. It was so cold in the, in the gym yeah. when we were running. Does that make a big difference? You know, if it's if it's warm temperatures, colder temp, you know, like what's the variation of of? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like I said, we were in Ohio two weeks ago. It was negative two by the you know uh, outside, and you know the, with the heaters on inside, I'd say it was in the high thirties, low forties. But then the last day, it really warmed up in the inside. I'd say it was in the low fifties, and so the snow is melting off the roof, causing drips, and it was more humid inside, and traction was a lot lower. Hmm. So, um, yeah, temperature plays a huge part of it, you know, on track conditions mainly. Um, hmm. 
on humidity or you know stuff like that. So, right. so those are all things you got to kind of keep an eye on. And this is one thing I've been wondering, and I've been noticing a lot of guys doing it uh, on indoor carpet uh, off-road tracks, like kind of like we're running like that CRC Ozite stuff. Okay. Um, they're running the like the the clay compounds as opposed to running like say a soft or a super soft. Like, do you, obviously with being a designer of the tire, is there some kind of a benefit to the clay tire? Like, it's it's a little bit of a harder tire, is it not? Um, it's a different family of rubber than. St- everyone's standard compound so clay compound um, that particular compound has a lot more rebound in the compound which makes it great for like carpet type racing where you <clears throat> your car is cornering you want that knob to to kind of not roll over as much and kind of spring back that's where the clay compound uh, kind of outperforms the standard soft or medium compounds um, that don't have that that real springy uh, background in the in that compound. Hmm. Well, see that 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 explains a lot to me because when I first bought those, uh, like I bought two sets. I bought a set for my four x four short cars truck and my two wheel drive short cars truck of the handlebar and clay compound. And you know, when I first bought them, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, man, I know I've heard that this is supposed to be a great great idea, but then I'm like, oh, this could be a really 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 bad idea. <laughs> but, Right. Like I said, they, they've worked out. Um, I'm finally to the point now where I think they're about to get replaced. Uh, so I'll be in the market here very soon for, for new ones. I'm kind of interested in these new chain links. Like, were you guys working on these before, like, the dirt webs and the ions came out? Or was it, you know, maybe one of those came out and you guys realized that uh, we need to come up with a new tread pattern? Yeah, it was something that we, we had something similar um, designed, but it wasn't perfected and uh at the time and you know at the time we weren't looking for a new tire and it's like any of the you know companies maybe another manufacturer comes out with something that's performing well so it's it makes every sense to hey let's get that let's take a look at why it's working well and we do that with every manufacturer stuff we want to see what makes it tick and so we did that with uh, some of the dirt webs and some of the other brands of tires and you know, testing them up against our stuff. And that's kind of evolved into the, the chain link was kind of our answer to, to all these web type looking type tires. So, right. Uh, we went to Ohio like last was it two weeks ago, like I said, and, uh, the chain link was just phenomenal. Um, all of our guys, uh, both top guys, Cavalieri and Tebow won their classes and all the way down to the stock stock guys. Um, they were using chain links as well, so it was, it was really cool to see that tire gaining so much momentum in such a short amount of time. Right. So I, somebody posted here, this is Jim Stevens posted, uh, he, he says, the chain link tire seems to have more of a crown to the tread than a pro line RJ Concepts. Uh, right. He asks, should he be changing his initial camber and or camber link to compensate for that? And, and if so, which uh, way when compared to the other tires? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be changing any camber. I mean, uh, you know, when you're going to check the camber with, a, say, a camber gauge, camber's camber. Um, if the tire has a little bit of a crown to it, <clears throat> I would just kind of leave it as is. Uh, the reason being is we put a little bit of crown in our in our tires, where say the J Concept tire starts off pretty flat. Foam breaks down. People like reusing the foams a lot. Um, then after time the tire is going to lose that crown. So 
we kind of put it in there for the breaking down of foam. Um, you know, all these things that add up tread height, it's going to wear down a little bit in the center. So those are all things that we added. Oh, okay. Now I got a question for you and I've just noticed it across the industry, whether it's AKA ProLine J Concepts, the flashing, like obviously the tires, the way they're built, they leave that little bit of a line. I've noticed over the last three years that it's become more and more excessive. Now were, were companies maybe removing it prior and not doing it anymore or is it just changing in the process of making the tires that's caused it to be so prevalent? It you know, it just depends on the manufacturer. You know, if they're running things faster, you know, trying to be more efficient, obviously, okay, maybe tooling is maybe a little bit dirty, causing some more flashing. Um, it's really, it's not just one thing that makes the flashing stand out. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard to put just one thing on it. Okay, I wanted to ask. I've just it's something I've I've noticed over the last couple of years. <laughs> I got another question for you here, Mark. It's from uh, Pete Funk. He says, "I would love to hear how Mark goes about selecting the right tire as a track changes throughout a race, tread type, compound, and foam." Um, for these indoor tracks, for example, ten scale indoor, you're really not changing the tire, the foam, the tread pattern. I'd say, if any, um, the big thing is with the 10 scale indoor tracks is, okay, if let's say everyone's running a chain link, you go in there, you say, Hey, what's everyone running? It's a chain link or a web type tire. You go, okay, well that's where I start. Is it clay compound or a super soft compound? The more people you ask, you're going to narrow down what you need to run. So that's what I always ask. We go somewhere new is ask the locals what they run. Um, then you go in your box get what you need and <clears throat> it seems with 10 scale indoor electric racing is that you're not constantly changing tires out because they're worn out you actually want to wear them out because mm-hmm. you want to knock down that sharp edge um, people actually take their cars out in the you know buy brand new tires and they'll take their car out in the parking lot and just burn donuts or you know punch it or whatever it is they do and they're what they're doing is knocking off that edge so that the tire becomes smooth to the to the touch, not that rough, uh, sharp surface that you would feel on a new tire. Yeah, yeah, I've seen so, videos of guys using tire sanders and stuff like that, and I'm looking at them exactly. going, you're, exactly, you're sanding a brand new tire. I don't know how much money you make, but what the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, right. holy jeez. <laughs> yeah, so, but that's just kind of the nature of the 10-scale tracks. <clears throat> now, when you go, let's say, 8-scale um, off-road racing outdoors. Now it's things are different. It's the complete opposite. You're not. You don't want maybe a really used tire. You know, you'll you probably want something that's fairly new, because the races are longer, um, the tracks are more abrasive. Um, you know that type of thing. Now some tracks for eight scale, maybe the second time on the set of tires. The tire is going to be a little easier to drive, not as edgy, because you did knock that surface down. So, um, eight scale and ten scale are two complete different animals as far as uh, tire prep goes. Hmm. What? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. What's the? What's your thoughts on tight like the tire warmers that you're? I'm starting to see. Uh, it's kind of become a more popular. And it will actually warm the tire up before you race. Like, is that a good idea? Uh, a crazy idea? I, you know, we've temp 
track temperatures, we've temped tire temperatures both before and after. Um, you may see a tent. It depends on the track and where you run. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some of these more abrasive tracks, tire temperatures change uh, a little bit more than, say, they would on a track that's slippery, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, but I haven't seen an advantage and i'm not saying there is an advantage but i haven't seen the advantage yet of warming them up first what's up like to have warming the tires up before you go and race yeah i know in touring car it's a big deal but mm-hmm. touring car the the tires are the makeup of the tires completely different where it has a nylon belt inside um the rubbers that they use are completely different than what we use for off-road mm-hmm. so it's hard to say. And is that kind of your, you kind of concentrate on the off-road uh, racing more than the on-road or? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when I was racing, I, I did both off-road and on-road, but now my racing is here and there. <laughs> and, uh, but as far as product development for AK, we only do uh, off-road tire development. I'm just looking at uh, your profile here on Amin, uh, on Amin's website. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's quite detailed, to say the least. Yeah, there's just uh, a whole <laughs> lot of wins there for you. You've you've done a lot in your time. Well, the one I was reading, which I thought was really cool, was the uh, where is it? 2001 Reedy Race International Touring Car Race of Champions Invitational winner, and you were the only driver to win both the off-road and on-road Reedy races. Like, that's a, not exactly a small feat. Like, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm pretty proud of. Uh, you know, to this date, no one has still hasn't uh, won both off-road and the on-road uh, Reedy Race events. Um, the closest one was Masami Hirosaka, and he's won everything under the sun. And uh, he he wasn't able to do it. So I'm pretty proud of that, even to this day. So, which, you know, this week, matter of fact, is the Reedy Race out here in uh, California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I remember. We, uh, we're actually going to be talking to Tim tunerman from associated um next week he kind of or uh two, two weeks. weeks yeah two weeks he's kind of I mean, you know obviously with the reedy race i'm gonna be a little busy it's like yeah no it's like, that's good <laughs> so right and uh so you're you, if you had to pick a truck up is the eight scale nitro still your your go-to yeah i mean the eight scale uh four-wheel drive buggy class is to me is still pretty awesome um that one I have a lot of respect for anyone who does good in that class because it's not just you and the car. I mean, it's really a team effort. I mean, you can't pit your car by yourself and you can't, you know, a lot of these guys have their own mechanics now. And, um, so it really is a team effort and, uh, to win in that class, there's a lot of mechanical stuff going on. It's not just charge your battery and plug it in. So, um, there's a lot going on in that class. Sounds like you got a made, Mike, if you want to go racing, your mechanic's sitting over here. <laughs> yeah. Matt Matt tends to wrench on a lot of my stuff. <laughs> oh, nice. I, fi- yeah. I find peace in wrenching, so. Keeps them quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another thing that, like, that we like to ask everybody is, you know, what's kind of your one piece of advice to give to anybody out there that's, you know, racing and, and whatnot? Uh. I'd say, you know, my son, he's really kind of getting into it now, and it's not something I forced on him by any means. He really wants to do it. 
but he has those days where he gets discouraged. And, you know, I tell him, I said, Hey, look, you know, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I always tell him, I say, Hey, look, if you're in a race and you make a mistake, don't give up. And I think a lot of people, they make a mistake or two and they go, well, my race is over. That's it. I can't tell you how many times I was in events where, you know, maybe it's 10 minutes or the year I won the worlds in 2006, like I, I crashed at the start or something happened at the start. I was dead last after one lap, mm-hmm. you know, hour long final. And I go, you know what? I have 50 minutes to make this happen. And I just drove, put my head down and drove and, and you just, you think ahead, you go, look, people are, other people are going to miss make mistakes also. And who knows, you know, maybe you'll come out on top and, you know, you just got to put in that solid effort because at the end of the day, if you leave the track, knowing you didn't try a hundred percent, I mean, there's always going to be questions. So I always tell him, don't give up. Yeah. Always look at the, uh, the positive side of it anyways, eh? be optimistic. Sure. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. Is that race on uh, YouTube by chance? You know, I'm not sure. I'm going um, to have to try and find I'm it. I'm sure there's that's video be somewhere. Impressive. Yeah, we'll have to search that for sure. And do you have, um, you know, when you're when you're not at work or playing with a, or not, I shouldn't say playing, but, you know, with your son doing the RC thing and whatnot, what, uh, what are your hobbies outside of the RC world? Uh, I'm really into this bicycle thing right now. Uh, both road bikes mainly and, uh, some mountain bikes here and there. And then, uh, supercross and motocross are a huge passion of me, of mine, be, have been for a long time. Do, do you find, um, I know a lot of guys we talk to, uh, the family support behind you, like as you were kind of going through, you know, from 95 to all the way through here, you know, to, to now. That your family kind of always been your push and in, in supporting you and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, when I was growing up, uh, my parents they supported me whether I was in you know the top main or or the main that you know is the first main of the day. You know, um, they they supported me and uh, <clears throat> that allowed me to kind of get into other things. And you know, then I had uh, got married and you know. You're traveling a lot, and you know that's a lot of time away, and you know so you got to have that support at home as well because without that, you know, it makes a lot of other things difficult. Do you kind of look at like uh, uh, Dakota Fend, Ty Tessman? Do you kind of like see yourself back at their age? Like, do you, do you see that? Does it bring back memories? Or oh yeah, for yeah, sure. big time. <laughs> I kind of sure. figured that was the answer. Is just you know, it was one of those. You know, because that was you, you know, how many years ago. And, you know, we look up to where we're, me and Matt are both uh, in our, just turned into our 30s. You know, and we look at those guys and we're like, man, we wish that was us, you know, at that age. You know, Dakota was telling us he was five. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, we have such a passion for it at this age. Yeah, could you imagine? Imagine starting yeah. at five years old, what it could be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, my son, he's going to turn 13 here in a week and a half. And... He's a he's got started a little bit sooner than I did, but I remember that's that's all I could think about, you know, and you know, going to these different races and like seeing and trust me, I remember going to a bunch too when I was young like him and just bawling, crying because oh my <laughs> ball cut popped off or you know and 
but those are the things that you remember now. And I see it in my son. He gets super bummed out and I go, man, you're going to have so many other races to try to prove yourself, you know? So <laughs> don't worry, you know, it, it's, uh, it's coming. Wow. That's awesome. I, I want to say though, Mark, uh, I just bought, uh, the AKA racer backpack. So yeah. I'm, I'm planning a trip to Las Vegas at the end of April. And of course, uh, 702 raceways there and everything like that. Yep. I, I looked at my wife. I said, you know, don't get mad at me, but I want to bring one of my buggies with me. And, and right. funny enough, she said, okay, I guess so. So I'm, I'm super excited. I just picked it up there on Saturday um, from Casey Hobbies. It's a local hobby shop for us. Well, the closest local hobby shop for us. And uh, oh my gosh, like I've I watched reviews on it. Like Jason Snyder there did a review on it. And, and that video doesn't do this backpack justice by any stretch of the imagination it is some of the nicest looking gear i've ever owned like it's like i'm trying to figure out how i can work it into using it every day at some point but at the same time i don't want to wreck it so it's like ah, crap. right <laughs> well i think our industry is so known for just kind of knocking off just oh it's china has something you know something like that it's a bag the zipper is going to fall off or you know it's just some cheap backpack but i mean when we source this i mean that was one of the things that we didn't want. We didn't want some cheesy backpack, you know, and this backpack, like it's hard to tell people until they get it. And to hear you say that, I mean, it's exactly that. It's a nice backpack. Yeah. You know, do you guys got any plans to do like a full, they have a hauler. They bag. do have a hauler bag. Yeah. Let's just show you how it's much tension I stock pay. everywhere. That's the problem. eh? Yeah. Otherwise I'd buy one of those as my luggage. Hey, Mark. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> our initial buy for those we sold out, and then here with Chinese New Year coming, because uh, that's all made overseas. Right. Mm -hmm. But with that, you know, everyone uses these big giant Ogeo bags, which are awesome bags. The only problem is the bag itself is 15 pounds. So yeah, when you go to travel on the airline, well, scratch 15 pounds right off the bat before you can put any of your RC gear in. Yep. And uh, so we have this lighter duty uh, hauler bag, which is pretty nice, and um, hopefully we'll be getting those back in here shortly. Is there any? Can you tell us anything that's kind of in AK's future? You know, is there anything that's being worked on that you can talk about, or things that you're thinking about? You can't. You can't exactly say what it is, <laughs> but you can kind of hint that there's something coming. Yeah, we have a, a wheel balancer that'll be coming out. That'll it does both. It's a two-sided wheel balancer, just like this wrench that we released uh, about a month or so ago. Yeah, that thing's pretty slick, too. <laughs> so this this wheel balancer, it's, uh, it's two-ended, um, super nice bearings inside of it. We just got the final sample of it. And it does eight scale on one side, and then <clears throat> uh, short course wheels and 10 scale uh, wheels. And all these wheels obviously need to use a hex because it's kind of the standard now. So yeah. it's all set up uh, with the hex in mind. So um, that's that's something that's going to be released here shortly. We have uh, a tire punch, like you see these people using tire punches that you buy from Home Depot. Yeah. Everyone keeps asking, "Hey, where do I get one?" Like, "Oh, Home Depot." Well, finally, we have our own. Um, that'll be released here shortly. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, just common things that people ask for. You know, nothing that's, you know, going to set the world on fire, but just common things that are nice to have in your bag and um, that work good. Have you ever thought about, like, a setup station or anything like that? 
I know Hootie back in the day made something, um, but I, you know, it's very, it's for a very select group of people. It's not a, a higher volume right. uh, piece. So well, now we know how to say it. It's it's Hootie. You hoodie, were saying it hoodie. right. I was saying Hootie. When he says Hootie, I'm thinking, are you talking about Hulk Hogan? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they just you know we're, again, we're just club racers, but I mean we're always kind of chasing the the setup, I guess, if you yeah. want to say. You know, and Matt got uh, an energy, energy, yeah, the universal ten scale, eight scale one. But you know, looking looking around at what to buy, the the hoodie ones kind of seem like the way to go. But number one, you can't get them really in North America, not that I can find. And when you do find them, they're expensive as could be. You know, so it's like, where do you kind of turn? Right. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, I guess that's a good question for you. It's like, how do you set up your truck? Like, how do you get your camber and your your tow in, your tow out, and all that stuff? Just just from doing it over the years, you know, making sure that all the lengths are equal from left to right. Um, as long as you're starting with everything equal, you know, not say the left side, oh, it's got a longer length and then the right side's shorter. Um, as long as everything's equal to start with, then it makes everything, okay, well, now the servo, when you turn it on, is centered and now it's off. You can adju- you start adjusting everything equally. So, mm-hmm. um there's no real science in it. It's just, uh, you know, as you do it over the years, you just you just kind of know. So. So I'm assuming then you use like you use plastic gauges for the most part to do your stuff, or do you have like? Yeah, the- I mean, you know, it's as simple as okay, camera gauge. You you can use something as simple as uh, say a can, like a motor spray can, right? You lean it or put it on the table, slide it up against the rear of the car, check the gap between the the tire, the top of the tire, and the and the side of the can Mm -hmm. if the other side the top of the tire is touching the can well now it's basically zero degree right because that can's parallel to the table yeah or it's Mm -hmm. perpendicular to the table so um you know it's just it's that type of stuff it's really easy it's all stuff that you can have laying around you don't need any fancy equipment and i don't know anyone in off-road that can tell a degree or two of camber difference maybe an on-road but yeah, not not an off road. Not an off road. You can get away with a little bit more. Like 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 Mike said, I have the setup station. It was a gift for my wife for Christmas, and I, I used it on all my stuff to kind of get everything close. And I was appalled at how badly I had some of mine off. But then I also realized how little of a movement will change a whole degree. Right. You know, and and you know, watching Mike this past weekend there, he was moving his and I'm watching him do like three or four turns. I'm like, dude, that's like probably like nine degrees now. Like just go easy over there. Right. Yeah. Uh yes. Uh yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> me and me and Matt, we have this thing called the Matt and Mike, Mike effect. <laughs> and uh usually when we get together things get pretty crazy. <laughs> it's always interesting for those around us anyways. Sure. So uh wow. I, again, Mark, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, and and I'm definitely uh, going to be looking at uh, some chain links. I think now for yeah, my buggies sure. and stuff like that. Like I said, yeah, like I said, I'm in the short amount of time that tires really kicking butt, and it's it's really good to see because it's I think it was something missing from our line that a lot of racers were uh, wanting from us, and and to see how well it's performing, it, it's just awesome. So. Yeah, take a look at it. Yeah, well, I, do, I see that you actually have the front um, 
four-wheel drive and two-wheel drive buggy because they weren't – you guys just came yeah. up with those not too, too long ago, right? Yeah, and then I would say here another product coming out would be the short course chain link, which is a few weeks out. So uh, oh. it's coming. So we'll have everything covered for everyone's vehicles oh. in the chain link category. I'm going to have to hold off then, that's for sure. So, Mark, I want to ask you a quick question that's kind of not related to anything we're talking about in the podcast, uh, but I just don't want to forget to ask you. Um, the Sioux RC Car Club that I'm part of, uh, we're having our big race in May. Um, would you be the person to contact at AKA for like seeing if AKA can send anything up to, like that we can give back to the racers kind of thing? Um, that would be uh, Press, who works out here. Okay. And uh, I can give you his email contact. Okay. Um, whenever, or you can shoot me an email. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll I'll, I'll follow up with you on email. I, I really like. Okay. I hate doing that during the podcast, but I forget things all the time. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Another question to ask you, Mark, too. If you got the time, I know you have uh, something that you had to get to here. We just don't want to cause you to miss yeah, that. No oh, you're, you're you want to know if I'm standing outside wearing shorts and it's 75 degrees? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you're rubbing it in, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I know Matt had said that uh, there was something going on for yeah, you. Yeah, you had so to take care of something. So like, yeah, we don't yeah. want to hold you up any longer, no but problem. if you got a few more minutes, I think we got a question or two more still. Oh, sure. yeah, I got a million questions. Okay. <laughs> um, another question to ask you is what, what do you run for uh, trucks? What brand? Um, we're uh, we're running the TLR stuff. Our uh, Jim Jim would love to hear that. He's probably got the thumbs up there. Yeah, I see. Yeah, him. he's got the thumbs up. He's a huge TLR fan. He's probably wrenching on it right now. No, yep. he's working on the scale crawlers. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> we always bug him because me and Matt are associated guys, and Jim loves his TLR stuff, and we always tell him that the associated stuff's better than the TLR, which isn't true, but. <laughs> well, everyone has their brand, right? Um, but you know what? I'd say over the last six years there's so many of these manufacturers where um advances in materials and stuff like that have really made it awesome made it awesome for the consumer to go out and purchase really any vehicle to where it's competitive it's going to be reliable um and this wasn't the case say 10 12 years ago you know you had buy so many aftermarket parts to make your vehicle competitive and now you know, buying these cars out of the box is uh, is really awesome. Yeah, they're they're pretty decent right out of the box. You know, you can put them on the track and be competitive. What's your th uh, another thing I wanted to say? Like, been noticing the the change from short course trucks now to buggies as being the the popular class in our area. Anyways, are you seeing that down where you are? Uh, no, the really the popular class for the electric category mm -hmm. um started off at the short course stuff and then uh now it's kind of gone into the two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive buggies that's exactly um, what we're seeing yeah yeah, yeah. i love my four-wheel drive buggy <laughs> i got a b443 <laughs> I, I, I know there were some questions on facebook too here about people asking like specific setups i'm not sure if you'll be able to kind of answer those uh one of them is, you know, what front tire gives you the best front grip when paired with a chain link rear tire on a clay track? Uh, and he says something like the B5M. Yeah, um, I would I would have to say uh, the chain link, you know, the two-wheel drive chain link. Um, again, that Ohio race, clay track, um, we ran clay rear uh, chain links in clay compound and Cavalry 
basically all the AK drivers were running the chain links in two-wheel drive front. So, hmm. Another question, what do you think about this AstroTurf thing at the world? Yeah. You don't have enough time. <laughs> we got lots of time, man. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I think there's a place for it. Just a world championship for that is is uh, it should be what it is. Off-road world championships, you know, not a multi-surface world championship. You know, um, I think we're starting to get into the changing the rules a little bit more than what I would like to see. Um, but I think there's some clout behind the people that are putting on the event. They have a lot of money. The place is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I just don't see why we can't race on, on dirt anymore. I'm not, I don't know where we went wrong, but like I said, there's a place for carpet racing. I just don't think it's for a world championship. Do, Do you think that it'll just be for, the next worlds or do you think it'll i think you've you've now opened the door to have it at every race right mm-hmm. Hmm. so which is fine i've ran i've ran off-road on carpet and on astroturf and you know it's fun it's it's you know it makes things a lot easier for the track conditions stay really consistent but we're kind of losing the off-road part, part of yeah. the class. You yeah, know? Dirt, like, dirt is what <clears throat> makes it off-road, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't remember watching the Baja 1000 <laughs> race on carpet, you know? Like. <laughs> That's so true. It's very true. Uh, <laughs> another uh, question for you, Mark, is another hot topic that happens up in our area is uh, driver's etiquette and marshalling. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like you're always kind of chasing – you know, people to marshal because they come out the track and they, they want to look at their truck, you know, and I get that because I'm guilty of doing it too. I got out the track. I'm like checking my motor temperature, checking to make sure screws aren't hanging out. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and same with, uh, the driver's etiquette, you know, like the, do you move out of the way? Do you slow down? Do you, you know, what kind of give us your, your thoughts on that whole area of the, the hobby? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, racing over here in the U S everyone's very laxed um all it takes is one trip race over in europe and you'll see they don't put up with any of that stuff Mm -hmm. and you're gone or you lose that time from your event so uh you know over there the turn marshals for example you're out you're racing you have turn marshals out there your race is finished well those turn marshals don't can't leave their position until you come out so say your car five Mm -hmm. and you go to cone five well Cone five turn marshal can't leave the track until you come out there to relieve them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so, that would create a little know, bit here, of a crap storm if you don't end over, up there. Man, everyone's gone. You know, it's like so the the next race. If you're out there getting ready and you crash, well, you're waiting, waiting, and it just makes for a longer race program. And you know, no one's in a hurry. Well, you're going to be in a hurry to go relieve that guy because after his after the next race, you're going to want to get relieved. You know, it just it it keeps revolving. It works, you know, like mm-hmm. and that's why I say anytime you go to Europe and race any event, everything's just so much more organized. So um, that's what I think of that. But again, it's uh, 
it's how we run the events here and how we stand behind them. It just it so feels a, like you know me and Matt are involved in in running the races uh, at our local club here. And, you know, it's just you're kind of always chasing it, and yeah. you know, and it, it's not anybody in particular. Yeah. It, you know, it's just and like you said, it makes your race program go a little longer. Yeah. Right. You know, you're 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 trying to get thing. You know, we we got 115 entries in only eight hours to get through 17. You know, races. Yeah. With two sure. sets of heats, and you're pulling your hair out, and it's just like we're trying to think, how can we get th- this through to everybody that we can this will just be a lot more efficient and i mean i kind of got some ideas just listen to you from listening to you tell us how it is over there yeah i mean uh you know having the marshals wait at their spot until the next guy's relieved it it helps it because okay well maybe if the guy forgets at least you still have a marshal the race can still go on right Mm -hmm. maybe that guy doesn't like to be out there for two races but now you can at least take the other guy's time away for not marshalling so you can keep the event running and mm-hmm. still penalize the guys that are uh, that are not making it. Okay, Mark, tell me what it what is that driving by you right now? It's uh, some big giant truck, piece of junk truck. Oh, I can't hear anything. That's depressing. <laughs> we, we I thought, thought it was, it was like a, a muscle car or something. <laughs> like, oh, that sounds good. No, if, it's a good thing you can't see what it is because it's, <laughs> it's that a bad. Pile eh? of junk. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, and I mean, so like in the driver's etiquette uh, side of things, you know, when you're up on the driver's stand, uh, you know, one thing that we've kind of figured out that works well is talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, outside of that, you know, there's been the conversation of, you know, when you got a faster guy coming up behind you, do you just move out of his way? Do you stay, you know, in your line? Um, you know, all. Well, what's your thought on that? I think, you know, it's uh, okay it's hard to recognize everyone's paint job because, Oh, well that's the leader. Well, how do you know he's the leader? Right. <laughs> you know, unless you really know the guy and go, Oh, that the blue car, that's, that's Jim. He's leading the race. So I'll go wide in this corner and let him go, you know? So unless the race announcer is helping to kind of minimize, you know, the interference between say a faster driver and a slower driver, that part makes it hard, but I mean, typically, anyone that's faster than you, you just go wide and let them go, right? So that way they can have a good run and, you know, all you have to do is slow down for one corner and get behind them and, you know, you're back to having a good run too. If both of you are fighting for the same corner, that's messing up his run as well as yours. So it's not really a win-win situation. Well, yeah, and getting tangled up with each other just puts you both behind and it isn't going to get anybody anywhere. Sure. So yeah, I know the again, feeling, like I Mike. tell my son, you if you want to race him, you know, just be careful because all it takes is one little mistake and all that hard work that you did for 15 laps to make up three seconds is going to be gone in an instant, you know, yeah. and that was a lot of work, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just take your time. You know, maybe it takes a few corners or a lap or two to get around the person cleanly and um, so that way you can have a good run as well as the person behind you. What about like dealing with the, you know, I know I get up there, you know, you, you end up in, in, in leading the race for 18 seconds in my case. And then all of a sudden you're in <laughs> back at the end of the pack because the, the pressure gets to you, you know, you, you just lose your concentration and, and, you know, you start fumbling and the car's flopping all over the place. How's, what's your advice on kind of dealing with the, with that pressure? It's just a, a matter of regrouping, you know, like kind of shaking it off, um, just uh 
you know, don't let it get to you. I know it's hard, but the more you do it Mm -hmm. and the more you're in those situations, the less, the less you're going to have to shake off. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, no, it makes sense. That's kind of what Dakota said to us. He goes, you know, I've been doing it for so long that I don't even really realize it. You know, I'm just so used to it. Right. So, you know, it's like these people that get into, you know, survival training. They do all this really hardcore survival training, but they may never use it until they need to. And then it just kind of kicks in. It just becomes second nature Mm -hmm. and they just happen. So it's just like racing, right? So you get in these really difficult situations you know, it's going to take a while to, for you to figure it out and make the best of it. But those difficult situations down the road will make it a lot easier mm-hmm. for you. Do you like have like a, you know, a, a song that you listen to before you go or have like a process you go through or went through no. before? No, you just kind of grab your truck and. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, when uh, at the world championships and stuff like that, uh when I was racing and getting paid to do that, then yeah, I would have my headphones on because it's, you kind of, you're in your own world and you don't have to listen to, you know, all the stuff going around you and all the distractions and, but nothing in particular. Hmm. Kind of noticing that now as a trend. When yeah. Nobody does anything too, too particular. I don't really either though. No, I mean, you, you got to focus right for that. You know, okay. I got to get my RC on the track and kind of put all everything that you were doing, you know, especially, when, when you're involved with running the race day, you know, you got a thousand and one good things going on in your head. You just got to kind of say, okay, for the next five minutes, it's just me. Now, you know what I do right. before I put my, my mind down on the track? And you you watch me do it now. I, before I pick it up, it's left and right. Okay, that's working. I pick it up. Two burps on the throttle. Everything's rotating. Nothing's <laughs> clicking. Then I set it down on the carpet and I hold it and I just go, root, root, make sure the tires get a little bit. And then that's then I go find my spot on the, the driver's stand. So it's kind of funny. You don't realize you do it. But now thinking about it, I've been doing that now for the last few races as like a ritual. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. I just, I'm still just, I, I, I love talking to people from the RC industry. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm kind of a little giddy about this one just because it's AKA. I'm a huge fan. And, <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah, this all started, Mark, with us just, well, more Matt than anything, say, hey, guys, you know what? We always sit at the table and talk RCs. Why don't we do it and record it? And then, you know, we started reaching out to everybody out there like yourself, and, you know, everybody's responses have been, yeah, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we never thought that that would it'd be that easy. Right. Uh, you know, and it's been, and everybody we talked to, I mean, they're so... Yeah, we've done seven podcasts, and six of them we've had somebody... On it, you know, and yeah. everybody's so willing to to share their, their knowledge and their advice and, and, and talk to us. And I, yeah, I, find I think uh, a lot of, you know, that's the thing, you know, when you know, we're here for not just to sell product or stuff like that, we're here to make everyone's experience like awesome, you know, mm-hmm. like going to the track and spending money on tires and, you know, maybe you pick the wrong ones. That's not an awesome experience. You want to have, Oh, well, what's AK running? What's the best AK tire? Well, yeah, I don't know. Come know. ask, come ask me, you know, we're at some of the bigger events. Um, uh, you know, everyone's, I know it, how intimidating it can be, but you know, that's what we're there for. We want, cause trust me, I know when I go to these motorcycle events or bicycle races, like I, I want to have a good experience. I'm spending a lot of money. Um, so I don't have a problem going to ask, Hey, well, what's working or, you know, what, you know, anything regarding the event Mm -hmm. to make my experience better um, because I am spending a lot of money and everyone's been more than happy to help me. Every now and then you're going to run across some 
jerk that just won't give you the time of day. But I was waiting to see that's why you won't buy their products. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Do you have any plans to be at the Spectrum race in November? Um, I know that race keeps getting bigger and bigger, and that's a definite possibility for this coming year. So we're, we're, uh, I know in years past, it's always kind of been a little bit difficult um, due to other prior events that we've put on our calendar. But mm-hmm. um, this year, it's a possibility. Well, we hope to, that you do, because I think we're planning on going. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. locked in. As soon as I see the thing come up for online sign up, I'm signing up. I'm going. That's it. <laughs> So yeah, no, it'd be awesome to you know if you're there to 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 you know get to actually meet you, shake your hand, kind of thing, and yeah, yeah, that'd be great. You know, for sure, put the put the faces to the names. Absolutely, awesome. Well, Mark, of course, before we do let you go, I have one more thing to ask for of you to do, and it's so stereotypical, and it's <laughs> me putting myself over a little more than anything. But uh, if I can get you to do like the you know I'm Mark Pavitas from AKA, and you're listening to the MBM podcast, that would be super cool. MBM. All right. Yeah. I'm Mark Pavitas, and I'm listening to the MBM podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I really appreciate no it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Listen, yeah. if you ever need somebody to test out tires that maybe really you didn't think work, <laughs> just you got my email address. I'll try anything once. Well, I may take you up on that. We hit. We do oh. hit. We do. We we do hit minus. 40 Fahrenheit. <laughs> so if you want to test them in the winter, we can do it no problem. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I never experienced I I've been <clears throat> I've been in cold down to negative 4 before, right? <laughs> with that was with the wind chill, but this past week or 2 weeks ago when we were in Ohio, it was negative 9, but the actual wind chill got to negative tw- 25 and I go, "You know what? I I really miss California right now." <laughs> Where in Ohio were you? Uh, just south, about an hour south of Columbus. Yeah, so that's about 11, we're 11 hours north, yeah. straight up. Well, if you look at the map, <laughs> like if you look at a map of North America and you see the Great Lakes, the three of them on the yeah. East Coast, we're smack dab right in the middle of them. Okay. Yeah, we border with, with Michigan, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and then we're in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it gets pretty nasty up here, like when it's... I yeah, work like, outside in it every day. <laughs> oh, oh, you're making me cold. <laughs> you enjoy your shorts, Mark. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's one thing uh, I was really looking forward to. At, here at lunchtime, we uh, we take our lunches on our uh, bicycles, and uh, you know you can't do that back there, and you really take for granted how much you enjoy that time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, it's just, you know, going out. I mean, just, you know, a simple run to the grocery store involves jackets and hats and gloves and boots. Cleans. Oh, yeah. To, to get undressed or dressed, it's a, it's a, the real deal. <laughs> it's a tour and a half. Yeah. You know, what, what takes five, well, 10, 15 minutes in the summer can take you 45 minutes in the summer or in the winter. winter. And it's just, oh, yeah, I don't know I why we do it. I see you fantasizing about summer already over yeah. there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, Mark. Thank you so very much. And uh, now that you said you might take me up on that offer, I'm, I'm going to hope you're going to email me at some point and say, hey, I got some stuff to send up to you. So Yeah, I would just, uh, <laughs> just you know, keep bugging me. You know, maybe from time to time we have some uh, some extra samples laying around. And, uh, you know, who knows? We'll yeah, see. And even any uh, promotional stuff, too, that we can. Uh, yeah. We've been trying to give away stuff uh, f- uh, uh, on behalf of the podcast. Yeah. You know, yeah. if there's any, any ever... Is if there is ever anything you wanna, you know, donate to that? Okay. You yeah. know, we can uh, that, make we, sure we, that we would greatly appreciate that because right now I'm buying everything to give out. So <laughs> my wife looks at me every time I buy something. She goes, "Are you for real right now?" It's like, "Hey, 
I've got to support this thing. It's got <laughs> And then another thing, too, if we can get you to, uh, we'll get you the link once the podcast is posted. Okay. If you could share it on Facebook. Yeah, and, you know, funny funny you mentioned that. So I go to try and add him as a friend on Facebook. This guy right here we're talking to? Yeah, he's got the 5,000 limit that Facebook <laughs> gives you for friends. So he's apparently very popular. Yeah, it was a funny story about that. We <laughs> went to some event, and <clears throat> it started off, I got Facebook, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. You can see everyone that's going on. This was probably three years ago, and I had, uh, you know, just people that I knew or acquaintances that I, you know, ran into. Right. right. And uh, so we went to, was it France, somewhere overseas, and some guy goes, hey, I sent you a friend request, but you didn't accept me, and I, I – and the guy was really upset that I didn't accept him, you know, <laughs> and he was an RC guy. He was, you know, he followed the racing and, and everything we did or I did. And I said, well, I, I, maybe I didn't, you know, I don't know you and I've only put people I know you on there. And he, he just was not happy. So from that point on, <laughs> I look at their, if they have a few people that I know or that are common friends or are into the RC uh, hobby, I, I was just adding them. You nice. Know? Want to know what's so, funny, Matt? Um, yeah. Now, now I've exceeded my limit. You must have lost a friend because I was able to get a friend request through to you. Oh, you <laughs> I'm looking on Facebook here and it says it went through. So <laughs> uh, that's funny. Now I'm going to look. That's not fair. <laughs> that's funny yeah so um i'll I'll get with you too because the other thing i've been trying to do is kind of collect banners from all of the companies obviously like i said i use aka no i'm not looking for a sponsorship one would be nice but i don't think i'm good enough for one and i just i like representing the companies that give me the equipment and provide me with the equipment that that uh, lets me race so you know it's something especially now with the podcast being what it is and you know, we're kind of getting a little bit of notoriety with a lot of the local racers. It's one of those things where I just, I'm going to start bringing banners with me and setting them up in our pit area and stuff like that and, and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, shoot me over an email and I can get you set up with our promotions guy and, uh, he awesome. can get you out some product. That'll, that'll be, be perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Mark, you've been more than, uh, accommodating. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate everything and uh, I've really busted your chops about getting some free stuff and it looked <laughs> like it works. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you have yourself a great uh, week and upcoming weekend and everything like that. And obviously good luck with all your future endeavors. If you ever want to talk about something, um, we do this on a fairly regular basis. Just let me know. We'll make room to have you on even if we have another guest. It's just yeah, people, like, people have been so good to me. I'm just going to try and give it back as much as yeah. I can. Have so, you guys got like a new product or something that's coming and you just want to you know, promote it and whatnot. I mean, I, we're getting quite a few listens. Well, look what Associated did. They had Cavalier flash that beat that that T5M oh. out there, and it was exploding on the internet. Yeah. And I think Associated went, "Well, I don't know when we were planning on announcing <laughs> the release, but I guess we're doing it now." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we'd love to be a part of that, you know. And and then we're we're thrilled. We're thrilled to just be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, press is our guy. So yeah. promotions guy. So. Um, Anything like that, he can put you on the list of uh, links that are stuff that's coming out, and uh, that way you kind of get guys stay in the loop of anything new. Yeah, that'd awesome. be awesome. Yeah, just that, give them the heads up that we'll be getting a hold of them. And, well, I'll, okay. I'll shoot Mark we'll an email, and we'll work yeah. that all out. Yeah, I'll just you know, put the good word in. <laughs> all right, Mark, good luck on going to pick up what you have to go pick up there. I'm not going to tell everybody what you had to get, but I hope it's nice and pretty, and it's everything you expect. 
Oh, yeah, it's just getting stuff getting fixed. Nothing fancy. <laughs> oh, I got a friend request in too. <laughs> <laughs> you better accept the mark. <laughs> hey, and we have yeah. two mutual friends, Jason Snyder and and uh, I believe it was it's Tim Smith. I believe. I've got five mutual friends with him. How do you feel about that? Well, <laughs> we'll deal with this on break. <laughs> anyway, okay, Mark. We'll thanks let again, you know. Mark. Yeah, have yourself a good one. And uh, again, thank you for taking some time to talk to us. All right, guys, take care. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I hung up on Jim, too. I'll have to call him back. And we'll be back after this break. We're going to take a quick little one. You know, there, there, there's some times that I just want to let that play the entire... Well, thank God you edited it down to only a minute 44, but I think the original track was like six minutes long. Someone messaged me. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. And wanted the... Uh, Tyler Carter. Carter. He's like, dude, that song that you guys have on the pie. He's like, where do I get that? And I'm like, hold on one second, sir. It's copyright free, buddy. <laughs> That's what I did. I sent him the MP3. I'm like, listen to it all you want, dude. <laughs> so funny enough, we're going to have an interesting topic to talk about after we do race results and stuff like that, Who, which I rudely interrupted us talking about because we're sit- literally sitting here wasting it and it's like wait guys like this is what we have the podcast for like <laughs> so we're gonna get into that we're not gonna break out of tell anybody what it is because i think it'll be pretty interesting to say the least so i guess we're gonna get into the race results from casey hobbies which the three of us attended um Saturday. saturday yeah. I- i'm not gonna lie like i like the fact that you know we set up saturday and we race sunday up here but i love the fact that we race saturday at casey's because having that sunday to just chill and kind of get back into the swing of things and relax and stuff around is amazing. But, you know, like I said, I get it why we do it our way up here and, and everything like that. But Well, uh, Casey, when he sets <laughs> up down there, he's setting up. On Friday. On Friday. So he's yeah. just doing the Saturday-Sunday thing, just he's doing it Friday-Saturday. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. But you're saying run Saturday, but we can't run Saturday because of... Well, we can't run. We can't run in the the the, 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 the airplane the, guys. Yeah, because of the gym. Have the gym, so it is what it is. You can't change it. But yeah. I just like going to someone else's track where we get just where to we race. just get to race. Yeah. You know, I mean, where I get to wrench. Like honestly, I'm becoming the MBM podcast team mechanic. Other than Jim, <laughs> Jim fixes his own stuff. But I love the fact that you like wrenching on things. I don't mind. I really don't. And. Actually, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm proud of myself at how fast I took apart that SC10 4 by 4 pulled that rear diff out, <laughs> cleaned it all out, put a new idler back in it, and put it all back together. That yeah, was good. Yeah, I was. I was pretty happy with myself. On I that will. One. Y- you know what? I can be your number one reference. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put you at the top of my list of resumes when I'm applying <laughs> to be a team manager for someone. <laughs> what skills do you bring to us? Um. So I guess we'll get in right into it. We'll start off with the stock buggy. Uh. We want to start with the, I guess, B-Main first. Uh, the B-Main, our boy Jim was in first place. Uh, yeah. sec- second uh, place was a John Franchella, and third place was our boy Mike Medallia. Oh, it would have been a second if I didn't mess up so bad. You didn't have a, you had a boo-boo, did you? Uh, you know, cartwheels and some backflips and then a, like, barrel roll. That'll, oh, that'll I, can, do it. I can see him. The 15-second lap did it. The 17-second lap did it. Yeah, like 19 if, second lap did it. If, <laughs> if you look at Franchella's lap times and you look at my times, when I wasn't doing cartwheels, my times were better. I'll see what 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 he managed to do was one like two. Wrecking ball cartwheel, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I call wrecking ball yeah, cartwheel. I kind of I kind of called Mike the wrecking ball because he just he was he on a, he was on a roll. And if you guys haven't noticed, we have Jim on Skype, so he's uh, he's wrenching right now. We're watching him on webcam wrenching on one of his uh, scale rigs, the actual the one he just got from Emery Works Fabrication. Well, well, the one that we uh, gifted to him at the, on the last podcast. Yeah, we're snapping pictures on Skype here of him wrenching, so we'll get those posted uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, so yeah, anyways, so uh, let's go two wheel drive buggy aiming. Went to Mr. Frank Hansen uh, in first. Chris Carnes took a second. And Kay Lark in a third. Uh, Mr. Matt Housen here, our very own, took a fourth. Yeah, I came in fourth on that deal. Yeah, just the competition, eh? It's just... Yeah, I had a bit of a bad race, to say it, the least. It, it happens. Look at where Joel finished. Yeah, I he, didn't even finish. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> poor <yeah>. guy. <laughs> That that was the no that was that the no his four wheel drive buggy is the one going up in flames. We witnessed our first ESC fire this <laughs> weekend. Fortunately, uh, he was able to save. His son caught it all on video. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was good. And then we got the novices, uh, A main because there's only the one A main. Uh, <laughs> Joel son Dale with first. Uh, second went to Johnny. Sebald, and third is to Joel's other son, Alex. I don't think anybody realizes this, but Alex is, uh, how old is he? Oh, my God. Like five? If that. Four or five? This, you know what's crazy is sometimes watching him, you forget <laughs> how old he is. Yeah. Because yeah. he just, he wheels that thing so <laughs> impressively around the track. Uh, There's only one, one race of uh, stadium trucks, too. Yeah. Here, right? Yep. Whoa, uh, what did I do there? First went to K-Lark, second to Jason Condrat, and a big third to Mr. Jim Buchanan. Looks like Jim finally figured out his steering problems he was having there with the stadium truck. And see, yeah. look at those guys. I, I, They got the extra laps, and look at the times. Holy jeez, <laughs> yeah. Eh? Interesting. Four-wheel drive buggy. Oh. Four-wheel drive buggy. I'm interested. What? What's with the res- I thought you took first. No. I TQ'd, TQ'd. with a 27-lap 504 pace. You know, mm. when I knew I was having a really good run on the second qualifier. Like, I knew I was. Because every time, um, I believe it was probably, I think it was Casey who was announcing, was saying, you know, you know, Matt's in first, now Frank's in first. Matt's in first, now Frank's in first. I knew I was having a good run. I didn't expect to be having a TQ run. <laughs> On it now. In my defense, I was running foam tires. Frank was running rubber tires, and yes, foam tires are better, uh, like provide for traction for traction and that. So, I that was the run of my life. Like I actually wish I would have actually kept the sheet <laughs> with the times because some of the times were just insane. I think it strung together like eight or nine well, laps, we're, less we're than ten seconds. Oh, on that because it wasn't on this race. No, it was on the, the it second was in heat. that heat. But don't get me wrong. In this in this one, I did good too. Like you know, uh, an eleven eleven, a twelve three, an eleven twenty one, eleven forty one, a ten seventy one, a ten sixty five, an eleven ten ten, and then this is where it all fell apart on my eleventh lap. The wrecking ball happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was your fault, bro. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I ended up with a 16-second lap. <laughs> and obviously with me telling you, you know, 11 second, 11 second, a 10 second. Well, you add six seconds to one of those laps, that's a half a lap. Oh, yeah, for like sure. Like that, you know. And then that wasn't the first, uh, the only one I had. I had a 15-second lap on my seventh, 17th. So it 
it ended up being the reason for it, but, uh, you know, I, I kept my crap together enough to stay ahead of Norm, which I was excited about. Like, oh. any time that I can out drive Norm is a good day for me. <laughs> so, uh, Frank Hansen took first, I took second, and uh, Norm, or Chris Carnes, uh, took third. Um, me and Jim took a fifth and sixth. <laughs> Jim took fifth. I took sixth. I was just having the world's hardest time getting that thing to stick to the track. I made some changes setup-wise, and they were not the right changes. And then four-wheel drive buggy B-Main, uh, which we didn't even quite touch, uh, was Casey Brake Jr., John Franchella, Steve Enfilis. It doesn't look like any of those guys got through the full five minutes without breaking. <laughs> yeah, they all fell apart. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It happens sometimes. Well, look, look what happened to me in the first qualifier four-wheel drive buggy. I ended up being the only guy left out on the track by the end of it. So yeah, that's uh, that's ended up being that. So now we get into stock short course A. Well, no wait, we'll do it this way. Stock short course B main. Uh, Buddy Baumgartner, Sean. I'm not even gonna say his last name. And then uh, Liam Kent in third. Uh, and then we get into the A main. We've got. Uh, our boy Jim. Jimbo. And then Jason Conrad and Steve Infless. Who is also a local boy yep. to the Sioux Car Club. Yep. His home track. And then uh, what do we got next here? Four-wheel drive short course. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, let's just take a break here for two <laughs> seconds, and let's talk about that four-wheel drive short course class <laughs> this weekend. Oh, my God. If you could put that on Saturday Night Live... <laughs> <laughs> it would have been perfect. There was so much joking, <laughs> laughing, and I was laughing stuff. so hard at one point. I was seriously, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing Go so ahead. hard. You at can you. tell them what happened, Matt. Okay, so, <laughs> so it starts off. Uh, you know, I TQ'd that class as well. So, uh, you know, we start off. I'm I'm in the lead, and then, uh, you know, we're all flapping our lips back and forth. I start laughing, and I kind of get put behind in second. Work my way back into first, and we're we're continuing to race. And then at some point, uh, I, I don't I don't know when it was into the race, but I'm sure if we look through the times, well, here, okay. We could so find the twenty it. second lap was an eighty one second lap, and it happened. Okay, so it happened around the nineteenth. Yeah, so around the, as soon as you got the twelve point nine seven coming around the track for that particular lap, uh, Mike's left front tire. No, it was the left front. Was it the left front? Yeah, yes, the it left was. front. Uh, no, right front. No, it was the left. Was it? Yes, I know it was the left. It was the left. Came flying off of your truck. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I had done the rear differential on it, changed out the idler gear, and the first thing I do is I look over at your truck to make sure not one of the two (laughs) tires I took off, and then I go, okay, that wasn't my fault. Those are tires you put on it. (laughs) Uh, And then you proceed to drive it for three more (laughs) laps with three tires on it. But, But here's what's interesting. It did affect lap times, but if you look at them, it really didn't. It it, it it took me a second to figure it out, and I got a seventeen, and then I went started dropping down until Casey made me yeah, stop. Yeah, stop and put your tape. Because I honestly would have finished that. Lo- I would have finished because it was race. so close to the end. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that truck, considering it was missing a front tire, <laughs> still drove pretty darn well. <laughs> okay, and I think I'm gonna put the onus on that. Uh, what's the Brand of that chassis that's on that thing, Exotech. Exotech. I was gonna say that <laughs> that Exotech chassis just man, it just it didn't matter. Jim was telling me there that like it wasn't even on the carpet. The only time it was on the carpet is when I turned left 
no right or turn right, yeah. it would want to lean because there was no tire there. But any other time going straight, turning right, the thing <laughs> didn't even touch the carpet. It was just, uh, it was one of those moments you should have, you had to be there for, I guess, to appreciate it. I was laughing. Oh yeah, that's that motor. That's that Holmes Hobby motor. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's the one I gave Jim. Sorry guys, Jim's dangling a motor in front of the webcam. So yeah, Matt took a first, Sean took a second, I took a third, and Gene took a fourth. It was a, just fun, man. Uh, if, if yeah, I know there was only four of us out there, but that was fun. Yeah, like if if you had to have like a poster race, like this is what RC racing's all about. Well, look, look, Casey r- r- uh, drove Gene's truck yeah. for the first uh, for the first r- heat. <laughs> that was a giggle fest up there too. Bunch yeah, of, bunch of schoolgirls laughing up there. It was just awesome. So last but not least was the mod short course B main. Yep. Casey Brake took a first. Evan took a second, and Liam Kent took a third. Yep. And then in the A main of two two wheel drive mod short course, uh, we have uh, Joel Wiggins, uh, Jim Buchanan, and Sean. I'm not going to even attempt to say his last name. I want to say it's Joe Bar. Sure. I don't think you say the A. Joe Bar. Sure. Joe Bar. And. Uh, so that's what uh, that was the race results from Casey Hobbies. Like I said, I had fun. I always have fun when I'm down there, just because there's less involvement as far as, far as our our end of things. Um, oh, Jim's getting a phone call. Look at that. He's gonna go in the other room. Yeah, it was just it, it's nice to be able to get to talk with a lot of the people that I don't get to kind of sit down and talk to. You know. Yeah. Yeah, during race days, I mean, for you, sure, you kind of talk to everybody, but your conversation is is a lot different than when you're not, you know, yeah, involved in the racing and whatnot. And you know, I mean, I I think we've kind of really made some friends from down in you know, like Norm, like you know what I mean. Really, yeah. this year, he's been sitting pitting with us, meeting us for breakfast, and I mean, oh we, man, you know, he we, is just <laughs> so funny. He, oh my god, I, just makes the day that much better <laughs> and he's so willing to help that's yeah. the thing you know yeah. and it's like you, you look at what he did with my two-wheel drive buggy he's like why, why is, is that, that thing, thing on so the ground low? yeah you know and he looks at it, he's like you got the wrong um uh, spring cups. spring cups on the bottom you know <laughs> and he's like give me the right ones and let me get this fixed for you you know and it's like <laughs> you know it just it's one of those things where i don't know what i was thinking when i did it obviously i messed up yeah, you might not have just been looking carefully enough. Well, at the I remember. Well, I know every time I put one of those things together, it's usually in fifteen different segments with you know eleven o'clock at night, and you're half tired because it was a work day. You know. Yeah. So. See, I, I do it the other way. I uh, wait. I get up at eight o'clock in the morning and <laughs> pray and hope at some point my wife brings me food so I don't uh, whittle away to nothing on <laughs> their building. But yeah, it just. Uh, it, it, it just goes to reinforce everything we say, you know, even our conversation with all our guests, you know, has yeah. been the community just seems to be filled with people willing to help. Willing to help. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, I think that's important. I, re- I really do think that's an important thing, um, you know, and maybe even to tell new new racers that might be checking out the podcast or anything like that. that d- don't be afraid to ask the fast guys what they're doing. You know, they'll, they'll tell you what they're running setup wise and stuff like that and. You know, look look what I did after our last race there at uh, at the Sioux Car Club. My two wheel drive buggy drove like a pile, and I finally said, "Okay, well, I don't know where to go with this." I messaged Ryan Cavalieri on Facebook, and he gave me an answer. I told him exactly where I was racing, like what I was racing on, off road carpet, 
<clears throat> I said I'm running the box stock setup uh, for the uh, B5M, and I'm just uh, it's it's not working. What 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 can I try? He gave me a list of things to try. I took his advice on most of it. I changed two things. I ran a different front spring and a different uh, weight of oil in the front than what he suggested, and and I love the way it drives. It's it's back to drivable. Okay, like you know, so it, it it just goes to show you, you know what I mean? Like somebody like Ryan Cavalieri, the guy races for a living. He was just at, you know, a CRC or what is it? CRCRC? CRCRC, yeah. Yeah, geez, that's a mouthful, isn't it? I thought SRCCC was bad. <laughs> so, you know, so it, it just, like I said, it's one of those things. It just goes to show you, don't be afraid to ask. You know, I'm sure there's always going to be answers there. Oh, there's always, you know, and, and like Mark said, there's always, you know, you're always going to come across that one guy that's, grumpy or having a bad day or everything's just filled with it though yeah you know it just isn't social sociable you know and, and you'll know who that guy is yes yeah. usually he'll be sitting by himself and not too many people are, are congregating in that area and you know you, you just the atmosphere you'll, you'll see where everybody kind of gravitates and yeah yeah and yeah i say just approach them with an open mind you know and ask the questions because they're not just going to come up to you and be like hey I noticed your car's handling like uh, crap. Do you want some advice? (laughs) You know, but if you ask them, I'm sure they're more than happy to, you know. And then uh, another thing, too, uh, to talk about was the whole marshalling driver's etiquette thing. It's something I think we end up touching on on every podcast, and I think it's it's important to, to, to reiterate it and tell people that it is an important job to do. It is important to follow uh, or do your best to be a uh, uh, a respectful driver while you're out there and, and try your best when you're marshalling. And nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. <laughs> I, I made a huge boo-boo twice marshalling. Once I got caught watching the race, which is a big no-no. I should have been watching my corner. Um, and the other one was is I went to flip a vehicle over and managed to flop it right back on its <laughs> lid. And I felt so bad. You know, I made sure I went and apologized to Al afterwards and said, you know, I didn't. I didn't mean to, to mess it up that bad, and, you know, I, I felt bad because that definitely affected his race at the well, end of the day. And I, and I think that identifying that, though, and approaching that person and saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I, I didn't, I, it, I, it, it's nothing personal. I dropped you, you know, I, it was a mistake. I made I, a mistake, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, apologizing, I guess, is one way, but even just acknowledging it to that person, you know, after saying, hey, you know, that would kind of suck that I dropped your truck back on its lid, you know, I. And I think that just you know it 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 shows I th- like we were saying the respect for each other yeah you know yeah uh, and and I think that can be classified as part of the driver's etiquette right you know it's it's not just on the driver's stand and on the track you also got to have it off the track yeah you know and I think we're learning that more and more and you know we preach it and again you know like we were saying we're not trying to say we're perfect and that we don't make mistakes because I got caught with my pants down yeah. Causing a, uh, uh, a situation that I never wanted to be in, you know, and you get so caught up in the moment of what you're doing out on the track. And this is a total driver's etiquette thing. And basically what I didn't do was is move out of the way for the yeah. faster driver, you know, and I mean, there's, there's more to it than that, but you know, it, the, the gist of it is, is you gotta just, you gotta kind of follow the rules, you know, and that is, you know, when there's a faster guy. It seems to be you've, the, you've got to stay aware of what's going on around you yeah. during the qualifier because the reality is is you're out there sharing that track with up to eight other people. Yeah. 
And those people are out there to try and put in as many laps as fast as they can, just like you're out there to do that. And some people are faster than others. And you've got to recognize that, okay, I'm the middle of the pack guy. I'm not the head guy. I'm not the last guy. I'm the middle of the pack guy. So there are going to be people that are going to need to pass, pass me at you. some point. And, and basically what you got to do is, is give that racer. And like Jason Snyder said it, you know, if he knows the guy's a lot faster than he is, he'll give him that one corner because he should be good enough of a driver to get through on that one corner. But he's not going to sit there and take four or five corners wide for the guy to decide when he's mm-hmm, going to pass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really tried to work on that at this last race was the whole, you know, when I'm behind somebody who's a little slower, not just pass them as soon as I got to them, you know, wait a corner or two, find my spot, and then just go by them. Well, because it, it only benefits both parties, right? Exactly, exactly. And if everybody kind of works together, right, if if you pass when you know you can pass, you can get out of the way, get ahead of them cleanly and everything, you know it's good. I'd rather have a one-second slower lap than have a five-second well, slower lap. And that's lap. it, right? So if that person and everybody kind of works together at it with the etiquette idea, mm-hmm. you know, when that person's ready to pass you, you're going to know because they're going to come out from behind you and they're going to want to get on the inside. Yeah. As soon as you kind of see that, you just got to make that one corner wide, let that person, you know, you can try to keep up with their pace, but don't try so hard that you're then using them as, as your, your bump, as, as your, your as your as your brakes at the next corner, because now you're just getting tied up again, you know, and, and again you end up in a situation that you don't want to be in, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's just you know it, it, you feel awful after, you know, yeah. I mean that was my situation this weekend. It was like, man, you know, I just got so tied up in the moment. I just I wanted to hold my line rather than give the room. You know, the situation went bad. Parts got broken. You know, and it's just like, oh man, you know, you just. I ruined somebody's race day, you yeah, know, but, and so, but at the end of the day, did you learn from it? Well, of course. Then you know, really, then, it, you know, as bad as, 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 as terrible of a situation as it worked out to be in, in affecting somebody else's day so much. I think if you, the bigger picture is, is if you remember that situation you know, exactly the next time and you avoid it and, and handle it differently, then as far as I'm concerned, it was a lesson well learned. And unfortunately, it had to happen, but yeah. it, it's going to happen. And I mean, I guess it's it's the flip side to the situation that we've been in before. We've been caught in that situation where our vehicles have gotten broken because of a decision that another somebody racer, else made. Yeah, you know, so you you start to learn both hey, I'm sides. I'm not pointing fingers, but you know, on my 11th lap, I had a 16 second lap <laughs> because of this guy that sits at this table with me right now. Wrecking ball. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Just busting your chops, bro. <laughs> I know. I like doing it back. Yeah, I know. What was my words to you when you were complaining about it? Um, I don't remember. That's how important they were to me. <laughs> I really don't, actually. <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyways, it's just, it, you know, it's not worth it getting into the whole bumping and grinding and smashing into each other because that's a demo derby. That's not what we do. We all know how expensive these trucks are. And, and it's a... It's a very serious conversation, and, you know, again, it just, it was, uh, just to reiterate, you know, it, it was one of those things where I didn't know who I was getting tangled up with. Not that it would have mattered, you know, and it's just, you know, you, you're you're up there, you put two and two together, like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so's truck. I just ruined his day. It's because of me, all because of a decision I made on the fly that, you know, I should have just, uh, you know, whatever, and then, you know, it's just, it's like, ah, oh, man, like, you, you almost feel sick to your stomach because the the thought of being in mm-hmm. that person's shoes comes back. You're like, man, 
I remember that time that so-and-so went backwards on the track, exploded the front end of my buggy, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Well, what are you not supposed to do? Like, number one rule, don't drive on the track in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was like number one rule of the book right there that got, you know, and that was my situation. And you get angry and you get upset and, you, you know, eventually it's kind of like, okay, you know, just whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it just, and I guess that's our way of saying yeah. we mess up too. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, and, and, and funny because we were kind of discussing how to approach this subject earlier today. Um, and it was, I don't want people to think that listen to us that, to think that we're, uh, you know, untouchable that we're, we don't make these mistakes and, and everything like that because we do, we're human. We're just like everybody else. Yes. We preach about it. Yes. We want everybody to do better at it, but we want everybody to do better at it for the better of everybody, not just ourselves, but everybody out there. So, and that's what we really want everybody to remember is that we're not. Yeah. No, we're not, we're not centering. making any sense? You know, we're not pointing the finger at anybody but ourselves in this situation, and I, I think we can do that. But, you know, just uh, just sometimes you just got to, like, like, you know, I was saying to Matt earlier when we were talking about this, you know, it's like, do you pay enough attention when you're up on the driver's stand racing that sometimes you get marshaled inappropriately? That's how we're going to leave it. Yeah. And when I say inappropriately, things such as, the way your truck's put down, you know, don't put it down right facing the front tires up against the the rails or the coping or whatever. Because the reality is, is I have reverse, but I try not to use it because reverse typically means I'm backing out in front of somebody and going to cause well, a, an and, accident. And, and most tracks say no use of reverse. That's right. You know, so it's like you see that and then you're like, okay, so that's one example. You know, another example is, is the... The fumbling of the car. Okay, I, I understand that it happens once, but when you're watching it and the same person is just not paying attention, you know, and they're dropping it, they're fumbling, it's like, man, you just want to be like, dude, if that was your car, how would you feel, you know? So do you do it back? Like, do you be like, okay, you know, when I was racing, Matt marshaled my car inappropriately, so now I'm going to purposely marshal him inappropriately? I really don't think that's right. No. Because that's just a child's game. But at the same time, like, how do you go to, like, what do you do? You take that person in the corner and be like, dude, why do you marshal so crappy? Yeah, good and good luck with <laughs> like, that you because know, that's just going to start another. It, it's such a difficult, difficult subject. subject of yeah. how do you, you know, and then, like, kids, the kids, the young kids, we're talking four-year-olds, five-year-olds, they want to go out there and marshal. And it's like, man, these trucks weigh more than some of these kids. <laughs> You know, and like they they don't they have a hard time picking them up. They you know they're running out in front of other trucks and they're getting yeah. hit. You know, look at we'll use Marty's son. He got took right off his feet. Now it wasn't because of the truck. It was because he was running so fast, trying to get to it. His feet came from right underneath him. Yeah, right at a jump. I'm like, oh my god, this like you just things could have went bad, much bad. Really quickly. A yeah. truck could have caught him in the head, in the chest. You know, and I mean, hey man. If that was four by four short course truck, yeah, well they they're they're a good weight. Never mind if it's a four wheel drive buggy. And I think that's part of the reason why we try to make sure in like class like four wheel drive buggies. We keep the kids away from that, it. Yeah, as much as they want to help, and that's great. You know, kids want to get out there. They want to be part of it, and they want to help. But it's it's you can't have these kids getting hurt for no, something so not simple. Not something like that. You know, and it, 
And then I think the other misconception, too, that really confuses things is the heat versus the mains. Yeah. And when you're in your heat, you're not you're not racing. It's it's like NASCAR qualifying. Well, so there you is know, a first, second, and third in heats. There is. You know, there's a first through however many vehicles there are out there. Mm-hmm. And, and basically that first through whatever doesn't mean that you're you didn't, gr- it, it, you didn't win anything. All you did is you in that in that first yes, in it, that heat. In that heat you were the fastest driver. And of course I think for a lot of us, you know, that's kind of bragging rights. It's like, hey, I went faster than yeah. you. And that's fine and dandy. But people have to remember that when you're out there qualifying, especially the way we do it and Casey does it, we do it IFMAR. That means you have five minutes. When you cross that line, your five minutes starts. So there is going to be sometimes a difference between, you know, because you know how I normally am. I normally start like one or two corners away from the start finish line. Mm-hmm. Some other guys start on the opposite side of it and run the whole course before they go over. That's, that's how I start most of mine. Well, so if, if I'm a faster driver than that person is, or say they're a faster driver than I am, for instance, well, I'm going to think I'm in front of them the whole time. <laughs> but the only reason why I'm in front of them the whole time is because I started closer to the loop than they did. They might have a whole lap on top of me by the time it's done. And I don't think people understand that. It's like, well, I was out lead. Nobody passed me the whole time. It's like, well, unless you all started literally at the exact same spot and crossed the line at the exact same time, you're not on the same time um, frequency or time, time schedule. So yeah, it, 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 you're you're running. Everyone hears this. You're running on your own time. time. You're racing yourself. You know, and the other vehicles are just... They're, you know, you got to almost think of them like a an obstacle that's out there. Yeah. They're you know, out there doing the same thing. They're out there for themselves selves, for their time. You know, and it doesn't, I mean, all you're qualifying for is a position to start in the race. In the main, yeah. In the you know, race. Yeah. And yes, you want to start at the front of the pack. Now, <laughs> I've seen some A-mains that the guy that's in the back goes all the way to the front because first, well, second, third, fourth, and fifth plow into first, the guy that starts first. The guy at the back of the pack, smart, stays back a little bit, lets them all get into their there, and then their demo around. derby, yeah, yeah. and then literally goes threads the needle through them, and now the guy that was starting in eighth is now in first. First, yeah, you know, and it, again, it just it goes back to the whole what we're talking. It, it's the driver etiquette. Yeah. It's the how do you what is kind of the you know when you go and play soccer, there's a referee that is you know watching however many you know the ten people that I think is ten people on a field in soccer, eight or six. Oh. Whatever, Three, four, five. you know. Anyways, regardless, eight or something. Yeah, they're maybe, watching, know. you know, and 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 the rules. If they see somebody not following the rules, the whistle is blown or a penalty is called, or yeah. you know, it, 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 why is this any different? You know, and everybody seems to get really um, defensive. Ag- defensive, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like you ca- not that you call them out on it, but it's like, hey, why are you doing that? Like, why every time? you pass somebody, do you plow into the back end of them? And it's like, oh my God, it's like, I don't do that. And it's like, but yeah, you do. And how's that well, fair and, to everybody else? And, and how, do you, how do you approach it without them or offending them? And the, and you kind of got to walk on, on tiptoes and, and eggshells around uh, around people because you don't want to upset them or, or offend them, but you do want to say your piece. And it's, I guess all we can really do is just try and keep reiterating to everybody, listen, when you're out there, it is your time. Those other cars out there, doesn't matter where they finish. If they finish ahead of you, they finish ahead of you. Don't worry about them. Worry about you and your time. 
I mean, use them as encouragement yeah. to go faster because you want to get ahead of that guy. And if you're if you're passing people, that means you're running faster than yeah. Them. Well, and and you it's know, just you. You funny you say that because as we both know, I ran my first four wheel drive buggy heat with three of the low C mini eights. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happened is two of them ended up dropping off, and then I can't remember what happened with the third one. But for the most part, I was pretty much out there on my own. And I didn't have anybody else there to gauge at how fast I could go or how fast I should go. So I might I might have went a little easier than I would have if there were other ones out there. And then, well, then you look at my second heat. You know, I ran that thing like a, you know. Well, because you, you, had, you had somebody, I had, you had other yeah. people to follow, yeah. right? And... and so it's yeah. a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's, track, it's like some people's like, oh well, maybe if you had to, if you didn't have enough people, you could just maybe let them have their own heat or whatever. And nah. it's like, what's well, like, yeah, okay, come on, like you know, we're not NASCAR here. And if you want to do something like that, okay, here's the best thing: you get five laps. <laughs> yeah, put down the best time because we. Yeah. Uh, again, it's just it's such a touchy area of the whole yeah. hobby, and, and you know we don't have referees, we don't have officials, you know we don't have that. That structure that, yeah. you know, they're, they're, you don't, no one wants to be the bad guy. I like the way they do marshalling in Europe. Yeah, that, that's a that's very unique idea. way. It, it really is. Because when you, when we set up our races with the RC scoring pro that we use and everything like that, yeah. it, each driver gets a car number, number assigned to them. You know, and I mean, again, if you, if, in, in that situation that Mark was explaining, you know, you, okay, your card number five, you go stand a pylon number five. And the guy from the next race, if he doesn't show up to relieve you... You stay there. Well, you stay there, but guess what you're going to do when you finally get to get away from that pylon? Yeah. You're going to go talk to the guy that didn't come and relieve you and be like, hey, dude, Yeah. you do realize that you screwed you, me over. You have a job to do just like I did my job, yeah. and I've done it twice. So now, you know, exactly. So it, I think it puts the onus on the drivers mm-hmm. to become more accountable for that to each other absolutely you know and maybe that's the, the maybe that's the key right like they don't realize like it, you're not you're not hurting the race director no or the people running the race you're hurting the guy that's beside you now funny you mentioned the race director though like i get race directors have a lot going on on their tables whether it's casey whether it's you whether it's <laughs> marty whether it's me whether it's anybody back there running it there's a lot going on at any time and what I really think and any race director needs to, to concentrate on is is the race at hand at that time, making sure that that race director is giving those racers the information they need to know where they are on the track. I think that might avoid, like you were talking about, some of the driver etiquette issues and maybe not knowing who's behind you or who's who. Or oh, who's you mean that, that when you're on the track for three minutes and you haven't heard a single announcement? Yeah. And and I get it. It's happened. I, you know, man, I, I've I've been race directing, got asked a question, yeah. and walked away from the microphone for two or three minutes. Like I, you know, oh, I'm not know. I'm not an innocent party in this situation. I've done it. No, no, it it, it and it does because I know when I'm out there when I'm racing, and I hear it. Yeah, you're like, okay, okay, I know where I am. You know where you stand in the field. Yeah. You you can gauge your moves. You're like, okay, how like I don't know if it was a tie. I think it was Ty Tessman that said he's like. I don't go out there and put guys down 15 laps just because I can. No. I drive as fast as I have to. To win. To win. And that makes sense because who would want to race him if all he ever did was beat them by 15 laps? <laughs> no one would ever want yeah. to be on the track with Ty Tessman. You're no fun. Exactly. You know, you might as well just say, well, we know who's going to win. Yeah. You know, and, and it, what's really nice with us now is, is we're starting to pick up a little pace here. Yep. We're gaining an experience. We're working our ways uh, up the, you know, the... 
how would you say this the the finishing positions yeah you know and i mean to see someone you know finishing for yourself you know after second to frank hansen taking tq from frank hansen in that class shows you know it, it's like hey you can do this anybody yeah. can can get going and get into the groove and experience and and everything it's just it's how you keep it together oh, joel being funny you better have a pin in that room when you're doing that podcast <laughs> saying my head's gonna inflate i'm not gonna lie you know i was really excited for that to have happened you know like i have mad respect for people like you know ron jackson frank hansen chris carnes yeah. norm joel. as we know him joel. You know, joel i have mad respect for these guys and and anytime that i can outdrive one of them I'm, it's just like, okay, you know, all this, <laughs> all this hard work, all these races, all this stuff I've been doing is, is starting, there's some results starting to show from it. <laughs> the endless reading on the interwebs of the ever ending tuning RC options, yeah, RC oh chase God. of setups, you know, and it's just, you know, you got to look at these guys like Mark and, and, and Dakota and Jason mm -hmm. and all these people we've talked to. And you got to ask yourself, like, how much time over the years, uh, Mark Pavetas, 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 man, I'm never going to say that, Pavetas, right? I'm never going to forget it. <laughs> you know, I mean. I'm going to be that you, guy you, correcting everybody. You look at the guy, he's been into RCs as long as we've been alive, yeah. 30 years. <laughs> you know, and you got to ask yourself, in that 30 years, how much time has that guy spent dedicated to learning the setups, tweaking the motors as you know he has gone through the changes the evolution yeah. you know the motors the servos the everything the tire i mean the guy was part of creating an entire company yeah, to change the the hobby so he was part of never the mind now he creates tires, tires you know, and he ha and he has to adjust with you know and, and just like for us all we've ever known is brushless yeah and brush like the brush but you know we've never what's a mechanical esc you ever see one of those I've seen them, but you know, I've I mean, never physically handled but them. But that's what I'm saying, right? You yeah. know, things like that. Like, it just you know, technology has come so far you in know, such a short period of the time. The FM radios versus yeah. the 2.4 gigahertz. You yeah. know, the old radios. We see them, but we we've never really dealt with them, other nope. than the odd person that shows up. You know, and it's just like, man, the evolution of everything that changes. Yeah. You know, and and again, to take uh, lines out of Mark's uh, interview there, you know. The price of things in, in the years, the, the last few years, has really, really dropped. You know, so you're making these RC vehicles more accessible to people that don't, maybe, it's not that they don't have the money, but they don't have, they don't want to spend all that kind of money into a hobby versus, yeah. you know, so, you know, you've got trucks at entry points of, you know, $250 ready to run out of the box. And, like, the tracks list slash, like, me and Matt talk all day long, pretty much. Well, not all day long, but when we get a chance through the day briefly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, we were talking briefly about the fact that when Traxxas came out with the Slash, it, it was it its, on like it was, and it was like its own class. Yeah. It was a game changer. You could go buy an RC for wh whatever they were, what, 300 bucks, 400 bucks? I have no idea how much they whatever were. Whatever they were. Let's just say they were 350 bucks. Nice round number. Sure. You know, hey, you could go buy one from the local hobby shop, put your NIM battery in and it, it, throw it on the track, track and, and race with everybody racing. else. Yeah, I mean, that only happened how many years ago? It hasn't been that long. But no, it hasn't been. It's you been know, maybe four, five, six years. You know, and, and maybe that's seven. The, the reality, because I, from what I feel when you talk to the to the guys that have been doing this for 30 years, yeah, it was not like that. 
you know, you had to have a lot more. You you just didn't decide, you know what, I'm going to go drive an RC car today. Well, well, Mark said it. You know, back in the day, it was you had to spend money on aftermarket parts, parts. Yeah. to make your vehicle competitive, to make it, you know, tough, to make it, you know, it's 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 not. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing such a resurgence in two-wheel dry buggy, four-wheel dry buggy, because finally the manufacturers are making them where they don't break when you look at them funny. Yeah. Yep. Now, I'm not going to say the 443 has been perfect. I've broken my front set of front arms on it. <laughs> But I haven't had some of the issues other guys have had with their 443s. Is it luck? Probably. We don't run as often. That's the other thing, right? I mean, if we were on the track three times a week. I'm sure. We'd be probably breaking 20 times the parts. <laughs> you know, it's, but, you know, and, and, and I think, again, and I'm trying to link this into our marshalling and ed- driver etiquette conversation that we were having. You know, you've got so many more people that are into it for a different reason. You know, it, you it, it, it's not just the the you know like mark was saying you know you had to really want an rc car now you got yeah. guys that are like well you know what i'm going to try this out you know i'll go buy one for 300 bucks if it doesn't work out it's just kind of like the you know anything else that you've got a leg cramp <laughs> stop looking at me like that matt squirming in his chair here it's just like man you're gonna be all right making me lose my train of thought sorry you know so it, it's just so different you know and it, <laughs> I don't know, Jim. Jim, you got anything to say in in this conversation? Matt muted you. No, I turned him down a little. I always actually. Oh, well, that's great. Well, yeah. what do you say we take a break and we dive into that conversation that we? Yes, we're, we're going to get into the 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 foam tire discussion. I just foam <laughs> tires. Yeah. So stay tuned if you want to hear us talk about foam tires, uh, and we'll be back right after this little break. Okay, we're back from our little break. Jim has put his lovely children to bed. Look at him, Mike. Look at this guy. He's got his shades on. Snap a picture there. I'm Mike Medaglia right here. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mike Medaglia? That guy. I don't know. I'm a Daglia. <laughs> so, Mike, Mike Mo Daglia. <laughs> what are you eating there, Jim? Peanut butter cup. <laughs> Is that one of those one pounders <laughs> that you buy at the gas station? Yeah, I'm almost done. <laughs> I just cut mine in fours <laughs> with a knife on a plate, and I eat them and eat it in quarters. <laughs> so I uh, started getting kind of getting kind of sick right now. <laughs> <laughs> just wash it down with a Coke, Jim. Wash it down with a Coke. Oh, he's got a Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi. Pepsi. Sorry. <laughs> Pepsi. Pepsi. How how could I get that so wrong? <laughs> So uh, basically earlier uh, when I was uh, upstairs, when I come back down, you guys were having this conversation <laughs> that I wasn't included in for the first part. Um, and then we kind of started vibing on that whole subject. Um, well, I can just start the conversation over. Well, I'm getting there. I'm get <coughs> Really? What? Fine. Do go it. ahead. Do it. No, go ahead. No, no, I'm oh, done. No, no, you want to be that I'm way. Good. I'll, you know what? I'll even, I'll turn my microphone off. There. <laughs> my microphone's off. How do you like that? Okay, yeah, I'm too much of a... He's such a girl. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so you guys are talking about foam tires and ta- a few other things. So, yeah, so yeah, let's let's go there. So me and Jim were standing at the track side there on Saturday, mm-hmm. and we go, we're talking about these foams. Gone Banana Racing Skids? Yeah, Mr. Gone Banana Racing Skids, Rick Seaford there on Facebook. Everybody can get a hold of him. Now, 
I want to say this before we start the conversation. Foam tires, holy <laughs> booyah! Are Those, awesome. Like just you do you don't even understand a foam tire until you've ran a foam tire. Yeah, you can be like, you know what? Foam tires are going to get me into the A main. Foam tires are going to get me a third, second, or third. Until you put those bad boys onto your truck or your buggy or whatever you're putting them on, boy, oh, boy. But the comment that me, the the conversation between me and Jim was this. These are off-road buggies, off-road trucks. How, you know, okay, yeah, I get it. We're racing on carpet, so really how off-road authentic are we? But you're taking even that much more away from it by putting the foam tires on it. You know, and then, you know. Jim made the comment about, well, what are we going to see next? Short course trucks with foams on them? He goes, you don't see short course trucks in the desert with foam tires on them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I had a good laugh about that one. But know, it's true. It's right. You, you don't see them running like the Baja 1000 with foam, foam tires. tires. You know, you don't see them tire saucing their rubber tires there before they <laughs> drop the thing on the on the sand. And, you know, and that was the conversation. So it's just, you know, it, it clearly... People are going foam tires and tire saucing and even tire saucing their foam tires to get the competitive edge to win races. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things again. How do you police it? You know, it's. Well, for instance, at the Sioux RC Car Club, we just don't allow foam tires. Foam tires. And it keeps it a lot more even. Yeah. Because everybody's got to run a form of rubber tire or not. And, And. and like I said to everybody that asked me, well, what would it take to be able to run foam tires? It would take everybody who has a two-wheel drive buggy to buy foam tires, to have foam tires, and say to the race directors and to the people that you know decide on rules and stuff like that, we want to be able to run foam tires. And then as long as all the racers are okay with it, then then yeah, you we could we could do that. But I don't think you're going to see that, especially at forty dollars a set. Now, forty dollars a set of tires is almost what you pay now for a set of tires anyway, like rubber tires. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I bought them because Casey allows them to be ran. <laughs> um, and for me, because I race at two different places like that, the, the wear on my rubber tires will dramatically go down because I'm only having we'll to run them half. up here. Exactly. Yeah. What, what are you thinking, Jim? I don't want to play the game. I, don't, I have nothing against foam tires, but I don't want to go buy them. That's all. Just me being stuck up. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, though. You have your own opinion no. on it. And, and and I don't disagree with you about that. Is really Jim's right. You shouldn't have to go and spend more money on tires just to be able to compete. Well, they're not even tires. Like, well, Th- that's the reality, yeah. right? Yeah. But if I want to be in the A main, I need foams. So I'm not in the A main. So I'm in the B main. If everyone ran rubber tires, it'd be good. But you have the option to run both. Yeah. He should pick one. If we're going to run foams, I'll run foams. If we're going to pick rubber, let's run rubber. Well, I heard, I heard a few other racers even say that, you know, uh, maybe maybe saying that um, make like a mod class where it's open motor, open tires, run whatever you want. Well, yeah, or that too, you know. Separate the two classes. Well, foam, rubber. Well, yeah, that would, you know what I mean? In stock class, you could only run rubber tires and a, you know, X X motor and, you know, X turn motor and, and a blinky ESC kind yep. of situation. And then mod, foam, and whatever you want. Whatever you want, right? yeah. Do whatever you want. Well, that, that, that goes into the conversation that I kind of sprung up there at Casey's. 
Uh, I was reading an article, and I'm trying to find it here while we talk, and I will continue continue, continue to, to look. Yeah, once I'm done talking, because I can't do two things at once. You know, was you know what's what's 2015 hold for the RC community? Right. And in that article, <clears throat> which I will find because I'm determined, mm-hmm. they were talking about you know what's 2015 going to have in store for RC. Well, one of the conversation, one of the points was. Uh, you know, uh, buggies, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive buggies are going to start to become the more popular class, bumping short course back down. And the other thing that they kind of me- touched base on was stock classes. And what do you do with people that are getting into the hobby that don't have a lot of experience? Um, I was in that position. You know, I still consider myself technically to be, I wouldn't say I'm a novice, but I'm a beginner. Yeah, You know, I think we, you know, me, you, Matt, Jim, you know, we're beginner to intermediates. You know, we're not, we don't have 20 years under our belts. We're not that, that you know, the, 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 the guy that knows everything about everything <coughs> kind of thing. And, you know, so they were talking about, you know, do you start maybe at a 21 and a half turn class? You know, slow things down, give people the opportunity to really understand the mechanics and the steering and the and all the different parts of these cars you know and and matt look at me and you man yeah <laughs> look at the endeavors that we went through with rc cars remember our nitros i remember that 10 scale oh, buggy you bought what a man the, th- the thing came out of the box i don't even think a, ga- a tank of fuel went through it oh no it got broken in before i completely destroyed it the spur gear yeah you know like you didn't even have it three hours and you know the we had no idea what we were doing. Mm. Gear mesh? How do you set the gear mesh? We'll just jam these gear together and they'll be fine. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, you know. So you you learn all these things, and when you first get into this hobby, you're you're, you're it's overwhelming. Yeah, you know. And Jim, I mean, you're you dabble in other things outside of just the ten the scale racing. and eight scale racing. You know, you've got scalers, scalers, crawlers, boats, submarines, planes for very very. <laughs> He even even tried to carve your own plane out of a piece of styrofoam. (laughs) That would have been awesome. You know, and and I mean. (laughs) It had potential. Like, do you ever get that feeling, Jim, when you're kind of sitting there wrenching on something and you're just like, oh, man, what the heck did I get myself into here? No, I I stick to forums and I uh, read a lot, look a lot of pictures, you know. I copy a lot of stuff. that's That's what's got me to where I am now, basically. Everything I do, I've I've learned off forums. Well, and you, you kind of tend to do a lot of research first, right? Like you'll spend. Uh, oh yeah, hours on RC Crawler or whatever website, you know. Yeah, like you put the we'll call it the book time in. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, but not not everybody. Not everybody knows that either, though, right? Like not everybody knows about RC Tech and RC Crawler and. And the assortment True. of different things, you know. So it's like, it's such a open communities too, right? I don't know. Well, my my I started I first started off on Pirate Four by Four, which is one to one vehicles, like real size motorized vehicles. Like Through full, that, like full size, like like one to one. Holy, yeah. Hmm. That's cool. So then, what led you down the path of? RC stuff. Just uh, certain guys on there. I said, "Oh, I made a model of your rock crawler. Uh, next time you're at the event, can you sign this for me?" And here's a guy who had, who had a model of the actual real rig, 
I was like, oh, that's so cool that that guy had the skills to make that. And in the bottom, he had a link to RC Crawler. I go on RC Crawler and, you know, like, holy man, look at this stuff. <laughs> and then ever since then, I was hooked. But like you said, gear mesh is huge. Yeah. Like when, when, when I first came racing at Casey's with Palumbo, I didn't know that you had to glue tires. Why would you want to glue your tires on the rims? You could take them off easier. <laughs> Oil in the shocks? What? No, you don't need that. There's a spring on there. I mean, I didn't know nothing. And, and I thought I did because all my rock crawling background, but the whole racing side of it, because in rock crawling, I always ran droop, right? So no oil, no no spring, no nothing, right? And then, obviously, I had beadlock wheels. Well, I knew for racing, you don't want beadlock wheels because tire rotation and all, all, all that would be a bugger to control, especially because they're aluminum. So you just put the tires on the rubber, on the plastic wheel, and give her. Well, so when I, I and when I showed up, oh, my God, what a thing the thing was bouncing like it was a low rider uh, <laughs> terrible we, we we call jim the king of hillbilly because yeah. <laughs> sometimes he just rigs things up and it's like jim what were you thinking but well i i get it back on the get it back on the rocks or get it back in the field you know until i can get home and really do a good job <laughs> no, no but the reality is though is we're all guilty of that right i mean again we were no better gluing tires we, yeah. we never put two and two together <laughs> You know, like I remember it, when you got that replacement set of tires or whatever it was there, or no, you bought a new set of tires for your your eight scale truggy <laughs> nitro there. <laughs> yeah, it didn't occur to yeah. Mike about the whole gluing situation. Yeah, like I, 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 and, <laughs> no, they, no, I we didn't try them without gluing them. Yeah, you did. You 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 did, and then you got really mad because, and, and you even emailed them, and I think they replaced them. Because they were supposed to be glued and they weren't. Oh, the replacements. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> red cats. Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy red you cats. You know what's funny is no, I'm just I got those. They're sitting behind me in a basket. So, yeah, what happened was is one of the tires, I don't know, All something. four of them. None of them had glue on them. No, so, no, no, but what triggered me to ask for new ones? You ordered new new replacements because you'd burned the burned rubber the rubbers off out. That's the right. old ones. Yeah, so they sent me the replacements, and I thought, you know... What the heck? I put them on the thing, went and put it out on the street because at that point, what was racing? All we did were front yard bashers hitting the curb and exploding parts and making yeah. Red Cat Racing rich because we <laughs> were replacing parts yeah. left, right, and center. So, yeah, you go to make a turn, all of a sudden the rubber rolls off the rim, the rim's right on the road, they're plastic. Big explosion. Chips them, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like, same thing that you're talking about, Jim, like gluing a tire? Well, what the oh, heck was that? Guys, I have so many stories. The, the one that. Uh, I just remembered was when I first went racing, I only had rock crawler pinions, so I had 11 tooth to 13 to 14, okay? So I got a, I got a 540 motor with a 13 tooth pinion, and the thing just drove terrible. The first guy to help me out was Ron Jackson. He knew what I, I obviously had a team associated at the time. Nobody can see you giving it a thumbs know, down, know, but, but I'll tell everybody. Can. That's all that matters. <laughs> we'll do it again. So he, take he a actually picture. gave me a pinion to the right size. I think he gave me an 18 tooth probably, but he gave it to me, which was, you know, you know how much pinions are, right? I mean, okay, it's five, 10 bucks, but that was awesome. Marty helped me with oil. Of course, the shocks weren't built right by my problems, so the oil just leaked right through. And I, then I felt bad that he spent, he's like, oh, you gave me that oil, and now it's, it's leaking all over Casey's carpet. 
And then some, somebody else gave me glue for the tires. But I was like, oh, no, no, you don't need to do that. We'll we'll do that later. But yeah, lots of stories. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but but I'm here now, right? Uh, <laughs> no, but you're awesome. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's so true, right? And, and, and again, we kind of lost our rant on the, on the foam tires there. <laughs> we totally went mm-hmm. south here. But... Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's one of those things, and again, it's when does it end, though, right? And that's something me and you kind of talked yeah. about with the foam tires. It's like, so what's next? Like, you know, levitators, so that way you don't even need tires. The thing yeah. just hovers. <laughs> well, like, like, like for stadium truck, the guys that were running the foams, they're they're lapping me. And, oh, yeah. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm no slouch out there, and I'm getting no. lapped by foam tires. So yeah. for me to win that class now, I need foam tires. So there's three classes I, I need foam tires for. 4x4 four four buggy. Yeah, that's $120 in foam tires then. There you go. Yeah. But if we're if we're all going to run foams, let's do it. If, but if if we're going to run both, then then I'll always be third or I'll, I'll always be fourth. Yeah. yeah. No, I Is hear you. Is it fair? I, I don't know. That, am I a better driver than that guy with the foam tires? Maybe. Well, no, but... It, Maybe I am. Again, it's, the, it's that competitive edge, right? And, and it's... Yeah, no, I, I I understand. I mean, you gotta you gotta do that to win, right? That's what that's what race teams do. They gotta find that one thing, yeah. exploit it, and like oh, like why is Jimmy Johnson so good? Well, because if you look <laughs> back, he's done this, he's done that. So Jim, so, so maybe oh, I have to do that. But right now, I don't want to pay 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 or pay to play the game because I'm kind of pissed off. I don't I don't know why. Hothead well, or whatever. Well, no, but it, it is. It's fust- Why do you think me and Matt bought foam tires? The the simple reality was is if we're going to try to be competitive at Casey's, we have to have foam tires. Now, Frank Hansen is the exception in the 4x4 buggy. He did not run foams. No, but it's Frank Hansen, so he's in a different well, class, right? Exactly. I mean, he's, different level. he's just got the experience behind him, you know? And I'm sure that he's probably going to show up at the track with foam tires next month because... Well, he had them on his two-wheel drive buggy. You know, so let's, uh, <laughs> Jim, I want to bring up some news <laughs> that kind of was dropped there. Uh, I think it was last week. Okay. Adam Drake leaving TLR. TLR. That's huge. That's huge. That guy's been there since the double X- XT or whatever it was called. I think, uh, 20 some years. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think uh, he's doing? I uh, well, when you look at the last two years, what did he really do? Uh, is he in product development? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's been concentrating on mostly. He's he's yeah. he's largely in part responsible for the 3.0, the low C8 3.0. And I'm trying to wrap my head around why. The only thing I can come up with is you know that age old thing is money. Maybe they his contract was coming up. Well, I know a lot. Of I the, really don't know. A lot of the chatter on 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 the internet has been. Um, going to Nova Rossi, still running TLR trucks, but just he'll be working for them, you know, maybe on some motor development or, and whatnot. And there's also the whole, uh, the the changeover, because who did TLR just pick up? Uh, Mayfield. Right, Mayfield, and, and, right? And that's, the, the, I believe, the Live RC article kind of said that, you know, Mayfield wasn't just going over there to just be another team driver. He was going over there to fill Drake's shoes Well, that was kind of take over his role. They were, well, that's they were speculating, right? That wasn't mm-hmm. confirmed. No. And it's not because we reached out, or Matt reached out on, to, on to behalf Adam. of the MBM podcast, yeah. Adam Drake, 
to see if we can get him on here and be like, dude, what's going on? Like, you know, can we can you fill yeah, us in? I, I haven't gotten nothing back, and I'm pretty sure that's intentional. Like, oh, I'm you know, sure it is because he can't he yeah. can't say anything yet and, and yeah. whatever. And hopefully, when he can talk, we can be one of the first people that he does talk to. Yeah, that like, would be cool. Like like when you when you think about it, he he made Losi what it is today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So those years when it was lean, it was always Drake this, Drake that. You know, still still is till this day. Yep. But. I don't know. It, oh, it, 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 I mean, it, it, the, I saw it posted the day that it kind of was leaked, and the internet was riddled with what's going on with Adam Drake. Yeah. You know, people were like, oh, well, Even my Lord. reaction was, you got to be uh, El Crapping me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those situations where I don't think a lot of people saw it coming. That's a big divorce breakup <laughs> right there. <laughs> You know, a lot of people didn't maybe put the, the, the Mayfield and moving over, you know, as a, you know, it, again, we're, we're speculating. Is he taking over for Drake or is he just on the race team? You don't know, right? So uh, hopefully we get some clarification on that. Hopefully. It's just, yeah. Yep. I'm, and then just, the I'm other, curious to wonder when it's. Uh... The other interesting thing that. that that I saw popped up too was the um, Reedy coming out with a new bunch of line of servos. Yeah, competition and servos. servos and a, tra- a better, uh, not a better charger, but well, yeah, I guess a, a faster charger. Um, again, there's just kind of pictures uh, again on Live RC, which is basically where I get most of my. I'm the same. Facebook and Live RC a lot of times, and and I, that's why they're there, though. They're there to give the RC community the information, and by no means or uh, or stretch of imagination are we going to be the four leaders of news in the <laughs> RC community, but you know what I mean? We definitely... Uh, but we do have Mr. Tunerman coming on, <clears throat> eh? Oh, I can't wait for that interview. You know, so uh, he's definitely going to have some insight to a lot of what's going on with the Associated Reedy uh, situation. Yeah, I'm just oh, got a lot of questions about the buggies. Yeah, well, and that, like I said, you know, in the brief little email conversation I had with them, there he was like, "And don't worry, I will answer your question <laughs> as to why plastic nuts." So I'm kind of <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's just uh, I honestly feel again we had this conversation. Associate is kind of behind the game right now. You know, everybody uh, else has kind of come out with a lot of newer trucks in some of these classes. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, going back to Jason Snyder, who we had on last week, um, I was watching some of his YouTube videos and he kind of did one of his little, uh, like, uh, reviews or something like that about an SC 10.2. And, and he kind of pointed out that, you know, uh, the, the low C, uh, the TLR 22, uh, SCTE and the Kyosho SC six, um, you know, both obviously being able to be mid-motor platforms. Um, Cavalieri still took an SC10.2 rear motor uh, to win Worlds with it against those trucks. Like, those trucks were out when Cavalieri won the Worlds with uh, with it. So, you know what I mean? It, it's it, You can say, yeah, they're behind the times. Why are they behind the times? Because they're just not offering a mid-motor short course platform? Does that really classify well, them as being behind the times? I, I maybe uh, maybe I should have said that in the tenth scale stuff they seem to be really keeping up. Yeah, it's the eight scale. It's the eight scale stuff, you know. And I hope we can get uh, like obviously they are working on an eight scale prototype. You know, Cavalieri finished second with it mm-hmm. at the Worlds mm-hmm. where Ty Tessman won. So 
they're obviously definitely working on something. What are they working on is the question. And better yet, what's the kind of timeline are we looking at? Are we looking at this year, next year? Those kind of answers are going to weigh huge on my decisions coming up here very soon. You know, like I think we found a solution for me. I just need to buy my kit and move electronics into it, donated by you for the first little while. But yeah. what do, what do I go with? Like you know me, I want an associated so bad. It makes me ill thinking about it, but I don't want to go and buy something that is going to be quote unquote outdated come six months from now. Well, I think that uh, any of the associated eight scale stuff kind of is already outdated, right? Like, it's well, it is the RC eight point two hasn't been updated in forever. Look, look at their Truggy platform. The Truggy platform even hasn't had an electric update yeah, to it. Yeah, you got to have to buy the nitro and then buy the kit to convert it yeah, to electric. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just leave it with that. That's something to stew on. Of course, we want to make a shout-out to, obviously, Casey at uh, Casey Hobbies and Raceway. Thank you for giving us somewhere to race. Thank you for providing us with parts and, and, and stuff like that when we need them. Uh, we do appreciate everything you do for us. Of course, a uh, shout-out to Gone Banana Racing Skins for giving us some awesome foam tires that performed excellently at our last race for me and Mike. Um yeah, Teakin for the motors and ESCs we run. SMC for our batteries. My hey, my four wheel drive buggy is running SMC motor and ESC. Yep. So no knocking on that stuff either. So I don't know, Jim, you got anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Well, we'll be back at this thing again, I think, on the 2nd of February with Tim Tunerman. Um, so until then, uh, you guys have yourself a good one. And uh, thank you for supporting us. If you got any feedback for us, hit us up on um, Facebook. Uh, or send us an email, mbmpodcast at gmail.com. And I think we're five likes away from 200. So uh, get us to 200, and I got something else to send out. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening and supporting us. We really appreciate you. Have a good night. Have a good one. Oh, I guess I got to cue up the music before I get there. Eh? <laughs> Fail. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to do this one. Uh, this one right here. Ready? You're listening to the MBM podcast. My name is Ty Tessa. Oh, there's that one. I'm Jason Snyder. And you're listening to the MBM podcast. There's that one. Listen to the MBM podcast. Oh, I really screwed that one up, apparently. That's it for us, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you after, Jim.